on a speeding bullet. More powerful than a locomotive. Able to leap tall buildings at a single bound. Look, up in the sky, it's a bird. It's a plane. It's Superman. Yes, it's Superman. Strange visitor from another planet who came to Earth with powers and abilities far beyond those of mortal men. Superman, who can change the course of mighty rivers, bend steel in his bare hands, and who, disguised as Clark Kent, mild-mannered reporter for a great metropolitan newspaper, fights a never-ending battle for truth, justice, and the American way. And now, another exciting episode in the adventures of Superman. This podcast is sponsored in part by Benjamin Hart. That's me! And yours truly, Zach Arnold. And by participation from listeners like you. So let's tune in to another episode of... IPC. 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 The Intergalactic Peace Coalition Podcast. All the galaxies. All for you. Hi, hello, greetings, salutations, and buenos dias. That's right, five different greetings to this new episode of the Intergalactic Peace Coalition podcast. That should be a pretty good hint about what we've got on the docket tonight. That's right, it's another top five. Hello, everybody, my name is Zach, and I am so excited to be bringing another exciting top five edition to you guys on this episode. It's going to be a lot of fun particularly given the topic that we've got. We did top five Marvel characters or Marvel heroes quite a while ago, but uh, we never jumped to the other side of the table, to DC Comics, and tonight we're finally doing that. And we've got a lot of great submissions, and we've got some lists that we're compiling ourselves, and you know how we are. We can be very last-minute about stuff, and who knows? Maybe... Some of your lists will inspire us for how we create our lists. Mm -hmm. All that and more still to come on this episode. But before we get any deeper, let's bring in the other members of the IPC crew. First and foremost, he's been with me since day one. It's my buddy, my co-host, Mr. Benjamin Hart. How's it going, everybody? Uh, yeah, this is. I've been looking forward to this. We haven't done one of these like proper in a little bit, and uh, yeah, these are always fun. And getting into the DC world, we've been engulfed in this universe for quite a while now, talking about Superman, and so felt like a fitting little cap on this, if, even if it's over. I feel like you know we, we got to talk about the, the Snyder Cut eventually, but. Until that comes out, we'll talk about our favorite DC characters. And holy crap, there's a lot of them. There's a heck of a lot of them. And I'm trying to compile my list right now, and I'm like, like oh my gosh, there's there's a lot here. So, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm trying to get my list together and uh, looking forward to reading you guys' list in the meantime. Yeah, so I, I realized during the pre-show that there was actually one other character that I wanted to include. So now I have seven and I'm trying to narrow it down to six to have an honorable mention, and I don't know who I'm going to cut. So it's literally going to come down to the last minute for me. 
I don't know if that's the case uh, for you or for our other co-host, but we will soon find out. Speaking of which, let's go ahead and slide him up to the table as well. It's a metaphorical table. We're not in the same room, unfortunately, but maybe someday soon we will be. Everybody, please give a warm hello to Mr. Jake Damon. Hey, folks. Um, how's it going? How's it going? Tonight's been a little weird for me, but we, uh, we're we all here. I'm all here. Uh, hopefully, I mean, as much as I can be, I'm all here mentally. And we are going to be talking about you know, some some cool stuff tonight with the with the DC characters. You know, I, I love DC. Um, it gets kind of a bad rap as far as the movies go. But I think when you look a little deeper into the source material, there's a lot of good there. Uh, some of the most beloved uh, and famous characters in all of uh, fiction are in DC, or are beca- you know, are exist because because of DC, I should say. Right. And uh, I'm very excited to delve into some of those this evening. Absolutely. Yeah. Me too, man. Me too. And you know, we really don't have a whole lot of like nerdy related news, to be honest. Um, I guess the closest thing we've got is like. Space Force premiered on Netflix. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And I, I've watched two episodes, and I've already gotten some Star Wars jokes and some Star Trek jokes, which is pretty funny. All star cast, by the way, with Steve Carell, John Malkovich, Ben Schwartz. I mean, uh, who who was it? Lisa Kudrow is in yeah. this show. Like Steve Carell's wife in this. Yeah, like it's it's a it's an all star cast, and. The first couple of episodes that I've seen have been have been pretty funny, but you know who knows? Maybe we'll end up doing a, a Space Force related uh, podcast episode somewhere down the line. I it, so far it's been kind of in the vein of the humor that we have here on the show, just with a couple more f bombs. And so I think I think if we if we take a couple of weeks to to dissect it, it might be worth talking about. But I guess that's just kind of telling as to what um what the state of things are right now you know like we usually have like two or three news segments to talk about off the top of the show and there's just not a whole lot going on in media right now no movies movies have been postponed tv shows are like taking mid-season finales or full-fledged season finales and you know there's just there's not a whole lot of content out there and so there's just almost no news to talk about which is crazy i mean i i I think maybe the only thing that I would mention, I mean, just because we're talking about DC characters, is that the Snyder Cut seems to be a reality all of a sudden, which I think is interesting. I'm, I'm interested in seeing that. Um, I think the most interesting fact about about it is that it's going to be a lot of footage, and it it seems like it's either going to be like a four-hour movie or a miniseries, but either way, it's going to release next year on HBO Max, and I'm going to check it out, I think. Yeah, didn't we talk about that on last week's episode? Oh, I wasn't here, that's why. Yeah, he wasn't here. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. So sorry. he deserves the right to discuss he, it, all right? He does. He does. Yeah, and, just and, just and edit the, this part out. The, the, no, the, but you're right. The miniseries was a possibility that's on the table, and I'm I'm curious to see if that's the route that they go, because if they do decide to, to go with that option... Um, it would kind of be along the lines of some of the other miniseries that HBO has done, like Chernobyl, maybe. Yeah. And it's almost like a giant theatrical release, but they're kind of teasing you and you have to wait a whole month to see the whole thing because you're seeing like four pieces over the course of four weeks. So I I do think that that's a possibility. Yeah, I'm just I, I'm just 
curious to to see what that turns out to be because I think Zack Snyder said that he's never seen the cut of Justice League that made it to theaters. Yeah, like he's he's never yeah. sat down and watched it. He's only heard bits and pieces, and he says the bits and pieces that he's heard mean that only about 30 to 40 percent of what he made actually made it to the big screen Mm -hmm. and so i'm curious what that 30 to 40 percent is and i'm curious what elements he would be including to fill out the rest of it you know what i mean right right Right. and part of the description of this is that it's supposed to be an entirely new thing and and there you know there've been some rumblings just within the last 24 hours of uh them finding a way to bring Henry Cavill's Superman back in cameos in different future DCEU movies and I'm really interested in that I think that could be really cool I'm I'm still interested in the concept of writing this ship and you know I'm not necessarily all for like just starting completely over from scratch I have been at that point before but but now it seems like some cool new possibilities are are possibly arising, and that's cool to me. Yeah, yeah, I'm with you. I'm with you, dude. And and you're right. Very in line with the with the DC related discussion because uh, I can guarantee you that Superman's gonna get mentioned several times over in all of these people's lists. <laughs> just a few times. Just a few times. Just, just just once or twice. Just once or twice. Um, and I think one of the things that I was also really impressed by was so many people that gave a lot of thought and reasoning as to why. Like, we know we're going to get Schindler's List in a little bit here, but there are some other people that provide some pretty deep thoughts and and reasons as to why they picked the characters that they did. And I think that's one of my favorite parts of doing Top Fives, is getting people's justification, getting their reasoning, their thoughts behind why they decided on what they did not just oh here's the list like that's great it's still a good list but getting the why like gives us a little bit deeper understanding of how they made that decision process in the first place so right yeah and and everyone has a process and everyone comes to the conclusions differently and everyone has kind of their own different uh, criteria, which I like. I, I like like leaving things ambiguous, so people kind of go, "Oh, well, I interpreted it this way. Well, I interpreted it this way," and you know, it makes for some very unique lists. Well, and what's cool is they all still follow the guidelines that we provide. You know, just give us your top five DC characters. We didn't. We didn't say it couldn't be characters from just the Justice League. We, we didn't say that it had to be all male or all female. We didn't say it had to be from just the CW universe. We didn't say it had to be just from the new DC streaming platform. And yet there are selections from all across the board, including, like, what was it, Young Justice and Teen Titans and stuff like yeah, that? Yeah. Like, there's selections from all over DC Comics in this. And that's that's part of what's so cool to me, so... I'm excited to get going. Are y'all ready to go? Let's just I'm do this. ready. Yeah, let's ready. get into this. So, um, for those of you who are new to the program, we have this option to become a financial contributor to the show. And if you select the $5 tier, then you get top billing on every single top five program we do. And not only that, but we try to bring you on for top five episodes on occasion, which we haven't done that lately, but we need to do that pretty darn soon. Especially with this guy here, uh, our longtime friend, co-host uh, on an interim basis, uh, our, our patron. I, I don't even know what to call him. He's just a, he's like a jack of all trades. Joey Mays. 
he's got some really great reasons behind some of these uh, some of these different characters that he chose. And he says, this is going to be tough because I know very little about the DC universe. That's what happens when we get 11 plus years of entertaining world building from a rival. Hint, hint, the MCU. I, I, I get it. I get it. But there's there's some good DC out there as well. And so um, it, his, his list is as follows. And he's going in reverse order, which I respect a lot. He goes at number five, Superman, a must. He says, <laughs> The Flash, thanks, CW. Number three, Green Arrow, again, thanks, CW. <laughs> <laughs> number two, Wonder Woman. And this is one of my favorite reasons. Listen to this. My youngest daughter turning five next Saturday, happy birthday, is obsessed with her, and I have no idea why, but I like it. Wow. You know what, Joe? Me too. <laughs> that is a great, great reason. Keep it in the family. And at number one, he says, Batman, even though he is more of a rich vigilante than a superhero, he's my favorite DC character. Exactly. Doesn't have to be a hero. It doesn't matter how you define Batman. If he's your favorite character, then he's on the list. So Superman, The Flash, Green Arrow, Wonder Woman, and Batman is Joey's list. Yeah, anyone. Lois Lane can be your favorite character. It doesn't have to be. You know, they're all they're all uh, badass in their own way. Uh, Jimmy bad. Jimmy Olsen, even maybe. Okay. I don't know if anybody anybody has Jimmy Olsen. On that list, I but I'm, I'm, I'm just using an example. But here's the deal: if I was going to be a DC character, I'd probably be a Jimmy Olsen. Same, same. That's the most relatable character. Oh, look up in the sky! It's a superhero. I'm not one. <laughs> Exactly. Like, I'm the guy that just does his job, does it to the best of his ability, tries to avoid getting fired, somehow ends up in the worst possible circumstances and has to wait around for the hero to save my ass. <laughs> Basically. <laughs> Basically. Yeah, you know, that, that – what was that show, uh, Powerless? I don't think it was mm -hmm. very good, but I did, did like the premise of the oh. fact that – that's you know, the one that had Gabriella from High School Musical in and it, right? Alan Tudyk working. It was Bruce Wayne's cousin or something like that. Oh, uh, like I said, yeah, not probably not terrible. very good, but the premise was like having normal people hanging out in a superhero universe. One is, of uh, the inventions that they came up with was an umbrella that deters powers or something like that. <laughs> okay. Like, like if somebody shoots laser beams out their eyes like Superman does, this umbrella works like some sort of like I, I don't even know Kingsman shield umbrella or something something like that like I don't even know it was so convoluted I don't think it even lasted a whole season like, it, I don't think I don't think the show lasted a full season that's yeah, what I, was, I think it got canceled pretty that's quick what, that's what I was saying the show got canned and for good reason well, yeah, yeah, that that was to be expected, I suppose. Uh, hopefully, they'll bring put Alan Tudyk more things. Actually, he is in he is in uh, the squad. What's the name of the show now? Um, I know Schindler loves oh, it. Oh, uh, Doom Patrol. Doom Patrol. I I was gonna say I was gonna say something squad. Like no, Doom Patrol, yeah. idiot. Um, but uh, yeah, he's in that show, so that's that's good. Good job. Good job. Uh, speaking it. of speaking of Schindler, that he and some other people are part of this group called the Peacekeeper Corps, which mm -hmm. is another tier that you can be a part of. If you go to ipcpodcast.podbean.com, you can see all the tiers of becoming a patron of the program. If you're a part of this secret chat, this secret exclusive Peacekeeper Facebook group, 
then you also get top billing, not as top as a top five patron, but you still get higher up billing and you get uh, a guaranteed placement here during our programming. And so sometimes we even do Peacekeeper exclusive top fives where we don't put it out to the public. We just put it out to the Peacekeepers. So go check that out if you want that and some schedule content and some specialized memes that we make and chats and discussions, all kinds of good stuff happens over there. Uh, Robin Glader was one of the first ones to respond to our prompt in the Peacekeeper Corps. And uh, who's got Robin's list? Ben, you got Robin's I'll take list? him. I'll take Robin. Um, he's got honorable mention Deathstroke first off. Oh, great choice. Um, and see, another one. I hadn't even thought about Deathstroke. Deathstroke's great. Like, yeah, especially yeah. if you're talking about Manu Bennett's Deathstroke. Like, love Manu that character. Bennett. So yeah, good. They, and that's another cool thing about shows like like Green Arrow, or sorry, Arrow, um, where you can take the time over several episodes to develop a character and give them depth and make them interesting, more interesting than if they just had a movie or something. And I thought they did a really good job of that with Deathstroke for sure. Yeah, like Slade Wilson in Arrow, like has such a great journey from being this hero, starting out as a hero, becoming this really terrible villain, and then kind of. He kind of has a, a redemption arc there towards the end, which I really liked. Um, but back to Robin's list. He has, <laughs> at number five, Lex Luthor. Number four, Ra's al Ghul. We're, 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 we're villain-heavy already. Um, number three, Dick uh, the, the Question. Number two, Dick Grayson. And number one, Batman, Bruce Wayne. So, yep. uh, yeah, good list. Great list. I, I like I like the inclusion of Deathstroke for all the reasons that you just said, and also because Manu Bennett is just a badass actor. He's oh so yeah, great. He would be an interesting choice if they were to cast somebody to play Craven uh, the Hunter in a future Spider-Man movie. I always thought he would be a really cool choice. I like that idea. I could see that. I could definitely see that. He was also the pale orc in the Hobbit trilogy. Yeah. Yeah. Really? Oh, I forgot about that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Wow. A lot of people forget about that because he was in, like, a costume, but and they were, like, altering his voice, but that was him. Yep. I, yeah. like, that was right before I kind of started tailing off with my watching of the Arrow. I kind of trailed off during the season where he squares off against Ra's al Ghul. And after nah, that... That, I, was, that was that was appropriate, I think, on your part. That, that, that was kind of when things <laughs> that, started to be That's probably the lowest point in the show, in my opinion. And... So, it gets better, though. I, I'll take your word for it. I mean, it couldn't get any worse. <laughs> oh, God. But Deathstroke's, char- Deathstroke's character reminded me of what villainy was supposed to be. Because he had a story. He had a motivation. He had a vendetta. And actually, um, Deathstroke was in my top ten, but didn't oh, make yeah. top five. Ah, I just like I I love the tragedy of Deathstroke, especially in Arrow. The fact that he is he was a good man, like he was, and he gets you know affected by Mirakuru and you know turns him into a monster. Really, Um, so I love that whole journey, and I I love seeing him back. What was it season? I don't know if it was the last season, but one of the last seasons he comes back in a big way, and it's great. Nice. <sighs> so uh, up next, we got our good buddy, Kenny Crayley Jr. Uh, Jake, you want to take this Listening one? live on channel 1138.com. Yes, he is. Nice. Thank Kenny, what's up, man? With us, Kenny. We appreciate that. Um, so, yeah, we're going to start off Kenny's list with his honorable mentions, which are Green Arrow, 
Yeah, he has a few here. Green Arrow, Black Canary, and even though she is not from comics canon, Alex Danvers from the CW Supergirl TV series, which I have not seen that yet. I think maybe I've seen the pilot episode, but I haven't watched it extensively. I'm actually really interested in that. I think it might be on Netflix. I believe uh, you're correct. Supergirl, yeah, the new season of Supergirl just dropped on Netflix like this week. Nice, nice. Um, but yeah, I I don't I didn't get uh, I don't I'm not sure when Black Canary shows up because I think she's in Arrow, right? Yeah, she's Laurel. Not well. Yeah, no. Well, Laurel becomes her later, right? Yeah, because it's Sarah, and Sarah was thought to be dead, but then she shows back up, and she's Black Canary, and she survived it because because a lot of people die, and Sarah Lance dies like five times. Right. Yeah. Which um, is why I can't stand Legends of Tomorrow. <laughs> I I want to watch Legends of Tomorrow too, but um, yeah, it's weird. I I feel like people are pretty split on that show, but um. Yeah, who knows? Uh, but uh, Kenny, number f- Kenny's number five is The Flash. Uh, his number four is Batman. Um, lower than I thought he'd be. Uh, three is Supergirl. Right. Two is Wonder Woman. And number one for Kenny is Superman. There one you and go. Only there you go. I knew it. I knew Kenny was going to have Superman up there. Yeah, number one. I had a very strong feeling that Superman was going to be at the top. I had a even stronger feeling though that uh, Supergirl was going to be right behind him, given yeah. his appreciation for the show. Like if you follow Kenny on his Twitter page, a lot of his discussions and contents and posts are related to the Supergirl TV show, and he's probably the only one that even keeps me remotely interested in the series. Like, it's no offense meant to anybody personally, but there were just some chords in Season 2 particularly that didn't strike well with me for storytelling or creative purposes. And I know that that sounds really pretentious for the co-host of a podcast to say, like, it's just, (laughs) there was something about that show that I didn't like. (laughs) But there was just something about it that I wasn't as big of a fan of. But when I see Kenny's posting about it through social media, I'm like... Interesting. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Huh. Hadn't thought about that. Interesting. So I was really expecting Supergirl to even be higher up than three, but Wonder Woman, I mean, hard to argue with that, you know? Yeah. So that's, that, that, is, that is a good list. All right, it's time for one of the more famous elements that we've got here on the IPC podcast. It's probably going to sound a little bit different, But for anybody that's been listening to our top five episodes for a long time, you know what this segment is. It's a a very famous one because I coined the pun and then we just rolled with it. It's time for another edition of Schinder's List. All right, so... Steven Schinder's been a longtime listener and even a contributor and a, and a spot fill co-host on the show before. And he sends us really thoughtful and, and, and thought provoking uh, editions of every top five that we've ever done. Like not only does he give us the, 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 the name or whatever, but he gives like almost a full paragraph of description for each one. So I took a glass of water, before <laughs> reading this list 
because he's got some really great reasons for all of these. I'm going to start with the honorable mentions. He's probably got more honorable mentions than Kenny does, if you can believe that. Wow. His honorable mentions include Harley Quinn, Dick Grayson, Wally West, Superman. Superman's an honorable mention? Oh, man. <laughs> Changeling or Beast Boy, as people might be more familiar with. Mr. Nobody, Billy Batson, Wonder Woman, Aquaman, Alfred Pennyworth, Jim Gordon, and probably a bunch more that I wish I could mention. If only this were a top 52 list. <laughs> Can you imagine a top 52 <laughs> We would be two or three hours into it and be like, and that was Joey Mays' list. Now moving on to the next list, our second list of the night. <laughs> you know what? Maybe we should do a a top 25 list and put a quota where only the first three people's top 25s get read on the show. <laughs> that would be the that, only way it would work, I think. That gives people incentive to actually get creative and send their stuff in as quick as they can because, like, the only ones who are going to get it are the ones who send it in sooner rather than later. Interesting. Yeah. That's an that's an interesting thought. That could be something we do to the peacekeepers one day, maybe. Who knows? You, you've started something, Shinder. <clears throat> okay. So at number four – no, number five. got to start with the five. It's a top five. Top five at number five, Cyborg says, IMO, in my opinion, the most well-written character in Marv Wolfman's new Teen Titans comics from the 1980s. The relationship between him and his father had some t resentment due to the incident that made Victor Stone what he is, and it led to an emotional and bittersweet reconciliation. Stone views himself as a freak for a time, but learns to accept himself and becomes accepted as he forms connections helping kids with prosthetics. I grew up on the Booyah! yelling portrayal on the animated Teen Titans show and have enjoyed the character on other teams in other media, whether it be the team on Young Justice, uh, the Doom Patrol, or the Justice League. At number four, surprise, surprise, this is probably like one of the biggest surprises, Barbara Gordon. Oh. Smart and capable woman who is deserving of her own movie. I've enjoyed her solo outings in her new 52 Batgirl series. We have also seen other iterations come back from the trauma of the killing joke as Oracle, tech extraordinaire. She does not feel like simply a knockoff of Batman. Over the decades, she has really stood out as a character of her own. And I'm loving the iteration of her that's currently on the Harley Quinn TV show. Nice. I was not expecting Barbara Gordon on anybody's top five, but there you go. At number three, Swamp Thing. My second favorite superhero. Recently, over the course of nearly a year, I got through every Swamp Thing comic series. I loved his adventures in the swamp, in space, in medieval times, and Rot World. I need to figure out what Rot World is. That sounds awful. <laughs> swamp Thing's ultimate form in New 52, where he had wings and horns, was such a payoff for someone like me who read the evolution of the character. His foes could be serial killers without powers, Supernatural beings like werewolves, sorcerers, and more. Alan Moore's The Anatomy Lesson issue changed the status quo of Swamp Thing and who he actually is, and I regard it one of the best twists in comic book history. His struggles being perceived as a monster is similar to the Hulk, which is part of why Hulk is my favorite Avenger. Derek Mears, whom I've met, did an excellent portrayal of the character in the DC Universe TV show. You've met Derek Mears. That's cool. At number two, he's got Joker. 
Batman's greatest nemesis. I love when his backstory is ambiguous. The Joker is very flexible and his schemes can be goofy or outright terrifying. I'm not sure what to say that hasn't been said before, honestly, so I think you get it. He has such an influence. I was expecting more out of you, Stephen. Give me more on the Joker. <laughs> you gave me you gave me a mini essay on the Swamp Thing, and you're like, I don't know what to say that hasn't been said before about the Joker. Like, <laughs> say it anyway, damn it. <laughs> At number one, we got Batman. It says, this hero interests me psychologically. Though he has used a gun in early comics, I love whenever there are portrayals that are committed to not sinking to that level of the criminal who gunned down his parents. There are portrayals that I haven't cared for due to the writing, for example, BVS and Crisis on Infinite Earths, but the portrayals I love outweigh those, whether it be the DC animated universe, the DC animated movie universe, Batman the Brave and the Bold, the Arkham games, the Dark Knight trilogy, the Tim Burton films, the Adam West portrayal, or the Lego Batman movie. Batman is not just my favorite DC character, but also my favorite superhero overall. Nice. Thoughts, nice. you guys, while I take a breath? That, that was great. That's a great list. Excellent yeah. list. And I've I've got to commend you on your inclusion of Swamp Thing because I read, uh, I believe it was Alan Moore's Swamp Thing uh, a long time ago. I need to refresh myself on that, but it, I remember it being utterly fascinating. It was just unlike any comic that I've read before. And really opened my eyes to uh, characters outside of the mainstream ones that everybody knows. Um, I mean, I know Swamp Thing isn't like super unknown, but he's he's kind of one of the side ones that you don't hear a whole lot about. And uh, it turns out that he's one of the most fascinating. And I I think just based on this list, you're get, gonna get me back into it here. I really want to check out. Um, the uh, anatomy lesson. I want to check out, you know, like what you were saying, Zach, what, what that rot world is. I want to know what that is. <laughs> um, but yeah, I think that's probably my favorite one from your list. Yeah. I love the, I love the variety in this list. You know, the, you know, obviously Batman, Joker, big names, but you know, I don't think uh swamp thing, Barbara Gordon, those are characters that don't get a lot of love from like mainstream people. So that's great. Yeah. Well, that's going to do it for our Peacekeeper submissions, and that's also going to do it for Schinder's List. All right, so up next, we have a few submissions from Facebook, and the first one comes from our buddy Matthias. And uh, he says at number five, number number five, I should say, uh, Lex Luthor. After seeing him many times in movies and TV, now I love him, uh, or should I say, I love to hate him. Sometimes I also feel like I understand him, which makes him eat cooler to me at least. Uh, number four, he says, Mister Freeze. I feel so much pity for this cold man every time I watch the Heart of Ice episode of Batman, the animated series. I can't do anything but cry. Um, I haven't seen the animated... I've always heard great things about the Batman animated series. And I've never seen it. Never, ever seen a single episode. 
Um, so I'm going to catch up on that one of these days. Uh, number three, he says, Constantine, after being introduced to him in Legend of Tomorrow and reading a little of the comics as well as being a fan of mostly everything magic, I now have to think of him as one of my favorite characters of all time, not just in DC, but in everything. Um, and number two, he says, Joker and you know, simply says chaos in its purest form. I think that pretty much sums up the Joker in pretty much any incarnation. And number one, it is a popular one. It's one you've heard a lot. I think it's going to be a lot of people's number ones. Batman. He Mm. says, uh, somebody who we all should aspire to be and someone that hopefully could exist even if he isn't so very realistic. Tragic character, yes, but he is also a great character because of it. Yeah, all you billionaires. Why, why don't you? Why, why, all you people got all this money. You ain't become Batman yet. Come all on. Right. Let's be honest, though. We've got a billionaire that's pretty damn close to becoming like Batman in the form of Elon Musk. Look, Elon. Yeah. I ain't seen no bat ears on Elon. All right. <laughs> I don't see any bat nipples. All right. There's no nothing. All right. I'm He's just, not impressed me. I'm just saying we've never seen Batman and Elon Musk in the same room together. I was just gonna say that. Okay, all right, all right. I mean, he does have a sort of Batmobile in the form of the, the Cybertruck. So it's bulletproof yeah, and all that kind of stuff. Yeah, and you've got the self-driving car with his Teslas that are becoming self-driving. So, yeah. I mean... And you know he has a Batcave. He has the Elon true. Cave. I'm oh, sh- yeah. I'm sure he's got a, a, a X dash plus or minus Y cave. The Musk, <laughs> the musk Cave. <laughs> 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 How do you pronounce that child's name? I feel so bad for that child. Uh, oh, man. It's it's a it's a great list, Matthias, but I, I also have to um I have I have to, to just go back and point out that episode Heart of Ice surrounding Mr. Freeze. Such a good episode. You know, what's really disappointing is that episode is fantastic, and the origin story that we get for Victor Fry's in Gotham is also really tragic and impactful. And the two of those things tie together really, really well. It's almost like those two are like different pieces of the same incarnation, almost. Like mm-hmm. you could see them existing in the same universe. And then way out in left field, you got Arnold freaking Schwarzenegger screwing uh. everything. Ice of you to drop by. Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. That movie was so hard to get through. We it have was, to watch it and talk about it on the show. Oh, it was so incredibly tough to get through because you've got him and then I think Uma Thurman is in that one as well. Poison yeah. Ivy. As Poison Ivy. And, and the worst incarnation of Bane ever. <laughs> uh, no, that belongs to Tom Hardy. No, that's the best. (laughs) (laughs) Canonically speaking, he doesn't even look like Bane, let alone have the same ambitions as the one from the comics. Well, I well, I can get some hot takes in there. (laughs) Get into that whole thing. No, visually speaking, they they purposefully made his mask a an inverse of the design of the comic book one. I don't know. I I I read up on this. It's interesting. I'm I'm sure it is. It doesn't excuse Tom Hardy's performance. You were born in the dark. <laughs> the the best. I'm I'm gonna give one more hot take before we we move on. The best 
Tom Hardy acting job would be Mad Max Fury Road, but a very close second would be his portrayal as Shinzon on Star Trek Nemesis. Ah, yes, the clone of... You think you were born in the darkness? I was molded by it. <laughs> I was born in it, molded in it. You think you were born in the Star Trek? I was molded in it. Oh, I've got to stop this right now. Oh, I should not have gone down that rabbit hole. Scott Harrison has a list as well. We sent this prompt to a couple of other Facebook pages, and this is where I got this from. It wasn't just the IPC page. Sometimes when you share a photo, people can comment on it, and it only ends up on that Facebook page. So I had to trace it a little bit to find some of these other lists. But Scott Harrison did send us a list. Pretty straightforward, but also pretty classic. You got Batman, Superman, Shazam, Flash, and Wonder Woman in Hmm. Scott's top five. All members of the Justice League, all really good selections. Heck yeah. Uh, Kevin Taylor's is a little interesting because there's a couple that are kind of out there, including Firestorm and El Dorado. El Dorado? I don't even know the character El Dorado. Is he the guy? No, that's El Diablo. Or Diablo, the guy from uh, Suicide Squad. Suicide Squad? See, Diablo I remember, but El Dorado sounds like a DreamWorks movie. El Dorado is a Hispanic superhero featured in various incarnations of the Super Friends animated television series. He was voiced by Mexican actor Fernando Escanandon. Nice. Hanna-Barbera creation. Oh, man. Hanna-Barbera Super Friends. That's a deep cut. That's a a really deep cut. That's one I was not expecting to have. And then we've also got Hal Jordan's Green Lantern, Batman, and Shazam. Nice. Again, there's there's been very few lists that have excluded Batman. Like, yes. I don't think has any list has any top five excluded Batman. Ah, uh, just wait for mine. I'm interested. Robins, <laughs> Joey's, Kenny's got it. Steven's got it. Uh, yeah, yeah, yep. And Jared Cooks has it as well. So this is interesting. So far. Batman's like a perfect eight for eight out of lists that we've done so far. Nice. Uh, yes, yeah. Jared Cook. Uh, his number five, Damian Wayne, who is also my favorite incarnation of Robin. Um, number four is Dark Side. Uh, number three is Superman. Number two is Kyle Rayner's Green Lantern, who might be my favorite Green Lantern. Um, and then number one is Batman. So there you go. There you go Batman. Yep. Uh, Kyle Rayner is an interesting Green Lantern because he is, uh, if I'm not mistaken, a graphic designer. So I kind of identify with him there. And he, oh, he cool. liked the idea of being able to um, create his own Green Lantern costume. And so he, he was really into that aspect of it, which I feel like I would be if I was a Green Lantern. I never thought about the fact that there is some like a graphic designer superhero actually being that would come in handy for a superhero to be a graphic designer right like yeah. cuz you would, could visualize it, things right like that's what green right. and also to do. it's almost like like you watch the Tobey Maguire Spider-Man and like he creates his own costume and you're like okay yeah you know he, 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 Peter Parker is is smart but like is he really able to like create this costume by himself <laughs> Like, is he really that talented? Yeah, he's smart with science, but can he do all this? Um, But, uh, yeah, so 
I mean, Jake, I mean, if you ever get superpowers, you know, stay, I, I would say stay away from, you know, different explosions and stuff like that. But maybe maybe walk right into it, maybe, you know. Go, okay, go, go, okay. That, that brings up something interesting that I saw. Um, I, I, I don't know where it was. I was probably just browsing Twitter, which, by the way, uh, can you guys browse the Facebook Messenger real quick? Um, but I was browsing Twitter, and uh, I saw somebody repost an article that said there were a couple of brothers that let a black widow bite them intentionally so that they could get spider-man powers wait say that again there were two brothers probably both under the age of 10 who found a black widow in their yard and let it bite them intentionally no so that they could get spider-man powers (laughs) what kind of idiot do you have to be to think that's okay I don't know, but these kids didn't get spider powers. They got trips to the emergency room. You know what would be funny is if he looked in the mirror and he just looked like Scarlett Johansson all of a sudden. Oh, gosh. Black Widow. Get it? As a Black Widow. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I see where you went with that. Uh, Okay, we got one last-minute Facebook submission from Michael Q, a listener here on the show, been with us for a while. We got honorable mentions including... The Flash to Emma Frost, Black Canary, and Harley Quinn from Birds of Prey. I think that's Harley Quinn's first mention of the night. Yeah. Uh, at number five, Aquaman. At number four, Wonder Woman. Um, at number three, Stargirl. At number two, Batman, a.k.a. The Dark Knight. And this one I'm not really... Um, it's, it's, I... I I'm not really sure about this. At number one, he says Superman to Supergirl. Maybe or Supergirl. Is it is it Superman who appears in Supergirl? Uh, is it Tyler Tyler Hetchland? Maybe yeah. it it could be. Uh, I don't think he means that uh, we had a, a a sex change or anything like that. <laughs> I mean, I hope not. I mean, I mean, if that's your thing, you can do that. It's fine. I'm hey, not judging anyone, but you know. From Doctor Who did when when the Doctor regenerated. Yeah. It's a, right. a little bit different, you know. And, it's and space got, alien with with uh, Time Lord, you know. That, that works got, differently. You've also got female Thor. You That's do. true. That's true. We're gonna have female Thor pretty soon. Oh well, one day maybe. Uh, like if one of these Thor days, Love and Thunder ever comes out. If if that if that ever becomes a thing. Uh, also, I guess we didn't talk about this, but maybe this is a, a little bit of a news. If we're if we're talking about um, LGBTQ plus stuff, I guess it's also worth mentioning that Ruby Rose has left the Batwoman series on the CW. Yes. Yeah, I heard this. Like, it's 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 kind of a bummer because I think you know I didn't watch Batwoman past the first episode. I only saw her you know in the first episode and then you know in the crossover. I think she was pretty good in the role. Like, I think she was really coming to her own. I don't know what happened, but they got finished with the first season. I think it kind of got cut short due to the virus, and then now she's out, and they're going to apparently... Yeah, it was was shortened by, like, one or two episodes, and from what I heard, there was a pretty life-threatening injury that happened during a stunt during the recording of the show. Right, right. there there are reports saying that that's not the reason but i feel like it contributed to the reasonings why 
And the other thing to consider was she was only on like nine or ten episodes of Orange is the New Black and then has had kind of bit roles and appearances in movies and stuff since. Mm. Whereas doing a full-fledged TV series is like a 20-plus episode slate of recording. Yeah, it's it's funny because I was just listening to Inside of You, Michael Rosenbaum's podcast. You you listen yes. to me. Like, I, you know it's a good one. Um, yep. He he did an episode. I don't know when it came out, but I just listened to the episode with uh, Grant Gustin. Yeah, me too. And and it's a great episode. And but like you get some pretty good insight. Like he doesn't come out and say a lot of things, but like you get some insight into like his psyche and what he's thinking. Right. And you expect someone in that role to go, "Oh yeah, I'm the Flash. This is the best job in the world." And I can't believe like he was kind of you know not down on it, but he was like, "Yeah, I, I you know this is a." A big commitment, and uh, right. you know, I, I still got other stuff that I want to do in my life. And, and he wants to do like plays and stuff. Yeah, he wants to get back to Broadway and stuff like that. And like that sounds amazing, but like he didn't sound like like this is what I want to do for the rest of my life. Like right. it sounds yeah. like a really hard job. And she, I, I think Ruby Rose went to Instagram or something and and said basically, if you know, you know. Basically, yeah. acting like there's there's definitely some bad blood there. Okay. And oh, and I yeah. don't know what's going on because we had there was a whole incident that I didn't even know about until after it happened. But like, um, uh, what's her name who plays Laurel? Um, not Katie Loach, the other one. Um, she, I can't remember. But that actress, she was killed off because she didn't want to be on the show anymore for some reason. There was another person, it, one of the producers, she was not getting along with for various reasons, yeah. and uh, she left. And then I think they got rid of him, and then they brought her back as a alternate version, Laurel. Um, so there's definitely, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows behind the scenes of the Arrowverse. There's definitely stuff happening, unfortunately, and they've lost, you know, one of their big things, and they're going to have to recast her now. Um, so that's going to be interesting kind of moving forward and just, you know, getting a new actor in and pretending nothing happened. Yeah. Yeah, and I really don't know who you'd be able to get, uh, especially now that you've already filmed a season. Like you've got, you've got a precedent set now, and so like you've got to be able to find some way to make that transition smooth. And it's it's really really hard to find somebody like that for a new program, let alone an existing one that's already had a really good first season, and now you're expecting them to like carry that momentum into season two like that's right that, that's, that's a good bit of pressure so yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens however i have heard that it's been a blessing in disguise for this covid19 stuff because now that filming has been delayed it gives the producers more time to do a thorough and accurate talent search right and uh i'm sure they're gonna be i don't know i don't know how they do that like I, you'd think she would be Maybe she just broke her contract. It seemed like she would be contracted for like two or three seasons at least. But maybe she just said, "Hey, screw it, I'm leaving." And you know, she she's in movies. Like she, unlike a lot of Arrowverse actors, she's like been in movies and she's continuing to have film roles. Maybe she wants to pursue that more. Maybe she's not really ready to commit to a TV show, which probably takes up like most of her life. I would yeah. imagine so. I mean. Can can I don't I don't think anybody gets into a TV series with any kind of expectations because you don't know if they're going to be exceeded or if they're just not going to come close to being met. Like think of think about uh, a series like 
uh, like that 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 one we were mentioning earlier. What was it Powerless? Right. Yes. Like you go into that show thinking, oh yeah, this will be, uh, you know, we're we're expecting four seasons out of this, and you go into it thinking, oh yeah, I'm gonna be doing this role for the next four years, and then it gets canceled mid season. It's like okay, time to let go of that role and go do something else. So many heartbreakers in TV, like you know, you have an entire crew, entire cast, and you know, you 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 listen to the behind the scenes stories, like yeah, they're you know they're really close and they're really like a family, and then you know it only lasts. <laughs> You know, six episodes or, or a season <laughs> or two, and it's gone. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah. We don't the biggest have to heartbreaker that. of them all. Uh, but then you look at the flip side, like Grant Gustin's situation. You know, he's talking about how he wants to get back to Broadway. He probably thought, yeah, I'll hit the pause button on what I'm doing right now, and I'll go do this TV show called The Flash because it looks good. It'll probably be like three or four seasons, and then I'll be able to go and do something else. And here they are finishing up, like, what, season seven or something like that? Right. This yep. man has been doing this same role for the last seven or eight years of his life. Can Can you imagine not being able to do much of anything else with your with your your, your talents or your abilities you're stuck doing this one job for 7 or 8 years in a row not being able to to take those talents and and use them for other things like that honestly sounds kind of frustrating right. and you're like you're the star of the show the show is literally exactly. named the show after can't you function without you yeah like you know if it's like if you're like a uh, Daniel Pennebaker or any 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 other like cast members like you know they could kill you off and just you just don't show up on the show anymore like you know that that could happen like there's there's plenty of cast members that have just left um but when you're the star like you know the whole thing depends on you um, unless they unless they just pulled a classic comic thing where Barry Allen just retired and then someone else took over the flash role which they could do but yeah. you know they're kind of doing that with Arrow but again Arrow ended Arrow you have Mia Smoke now who is kind of the new green Arrow in the future but Still, Green Arrow as a character, he's that show is done, and they're carrying it. So I don't know. Like it's it's gonna be interesting to see how they deal with this with Batwoman and how you know or, or would it? I mean, they've already had her on the crossover and all that kind of stuff. They've kind of passed the torch, and I guess they're just gonna carry on as if nothing happened, even though we will or, all know it's gonna be a new or, actor. Or or the show resumes in another universe. It's possible possible like the crisis on infinite earth's crossover was from you know earth 212 or something and the rest of the batwoman's like the first the rest of season one of batwoman was about what happens to the batwoman of that crossover in earth 212 and then the season two and the rest of the series picks up with a different batwoman in a different earth universe yeah it's, it's quite possible yeah. i mean anything i'll be i'm interested to see how they do it because I think she's so, a good fit for the role, and it's, it's a shame that she's gone now. Yeah, I'm with, mm-hmm. I'm with you. Steve in the chat says they could just not acknowledge the recast. Uh, Norton to Ruffalo, we just accept character. That is a good example, Stephen. However, it is probably the best example. Example that I could give would be the TV show Last Man Standing. Just about everybody outside of Tim Allen has been recast in that freaking show. <laughs> oh, really? Like, they have they have recast neighbors they have recast co-workers they have even recast the kids like like his daughter from season one gets recast in seasons two and beyond and then his middle child gets recast after molly 
like the three kids that he's got in this current season, two of them are not the same child or, or the same actor that they were in season one. Wow. That's crazy. So like, and, and the way they acknowledge it is like, didn't you used to be a brunette? Yes, dad, but I dyed my hair blonde and I grew. So now I'm six inches taller. Ugh. Like, <laughs> I'm like, what? <laughs> like, no, that doesn't even make any sense. Oh, that's funny. And then, that's and funny. then I think with I think with the other daughter, they're like, "There's just something about you that's different." Like they just say that outright in season two, and I'm like, "No, no, that doesn't that doesn't make it better." <laughs> you know, it's funny talking about recasts. Um, we just recently lost Jerry Stiller, um, yeah. who is a Incredible actor and very funny, and most notably, you know, was George Costanza's father on Seinfeld. He wasn't the original person to play that role. There was another actor that actually was cast in that role, and for some reason they couldn't come back, and and they realized he just wasn't working, and they got Jerry Stiller. But the, like the episode where he's not Jerry Stiller is still out there. Like if you go on Hulu and watch that episode, it's mm. it's the I think it's the handicap spot you can watch and it's not Jerry Stiller. Very jarring. It's like what the hell? Like that show having G- G- George's father without Jerry Stiller just does not make any sense. It's bad. Um yeah. but uh it's a very but that that's just one of many examples of just like weird recastings. They just okay, we'll just keep going. You know, yeah, Terrence Howard, Don Cheadle, same person. Nobody noticed. (laughs) (laughs) I almost forgot about the War Machine recast. Oh, man. Don Cheadle's better. (laughs) I I like Terrence Howard. I I don't dislike Don Cheadle, but uh, we've only got a few submissions from the the Twitter universe, but one of them is uh, our good friend Chris Abbott, a.k.a. Star Raptor who I believe just recently hit a thousand subscribers on his YouTube page. Wow. So uh, congratulations to him on that. He's branching out and doing some new endeavors over there. So go follow him on uh, YouTube and Twitter at star Raptor. His list is as follows. He's got the Joker at number five Catwoman at number four. I think it's the first appearance of Catwoman on the night uh, at number three, the green arrow at number two, Batman and Number one for Chris is the Flash. Nice. I'm assuming that's I'm assuming that's Grant Gustin's and not Ezra Miller's. Probably. Like, Probably. No, no offense to Ezra Miller, but I am still kind of bitter over the fact that the DCEU didn't take a look at the Flash that was on their small screen and couldn't have been like, yeah, he'll do. <laughs> they had to go find somebody else. Like, yeah. I, I would have much rather seen Grant Gustin as the Flash of the DCEU. Like, it just would have made sense in my world. But yeah, not it would have been cool. The crossover. They, they got to meet, so that was cool. I was about to say, they're, 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 honestly, that's probably Ezra Miller's best moment. It's not him stopping the, the robbery in Australia during Suicide Squad. It's not him showing up in Bruce Wayne's dream in Batman v Superman. It's not his awkward attempts to be the foil in Justice League. His best moments are probably when he's interacting with Grant Gustin's Flash. Yeah, that was really fun. Uh, yeah, but that's good stuff. Anyways, uh, who's, who's uh, the next list? Is this is this Josh? 
I believe this is Josh. He changed his name to Just One Ghost, which is very ominous. Um, <laughs> uh, he's at Just One Ghost on Twitter. Go follow him. He's a good follow. And uh, he says, not big into DC, but sure, let's do this. <laughs> he's not very enthused <laughs> about this when he's like, screw it. I'm going to do it. I'm going to get They're in like, this. Ah, whatever. Okay, guys. <laughs> Twist my arm, why don't you? <laughs> Alright, so he has at number five, Catwoman, number four, Beast Boy, number three, Supergirl, number two, Deadshot, and number one, Raven. So, uh, Teen mm-hmm. Titans heavy in there. Mm-hmm. You guys notice something else? I am all for it. No Batman. <gasps> oh. Oh my goodness. The first list of the night with no Batman and uh, actually the only list from our submissions tonight that has no appearance of Batman. So, Josh, you you just made history for the evening, my friend. That was possibly not the last one without Batman. Well, look at you, you you little tease over there. (laughs) Also, I may be mistaken. I'll have to go back through the list, but I think this is the only top five where three out of the five characters are women. Oh, wow, yeah. Ooh, interesting. I could be mistaken, but that that's that's a possibility. So yeah. that's really cool. And, uh, Jake, the last submission of the night's from our friend Kevin, is it not? Yes, Kevin Davis, a.k.a. Valak Tours on Twitter. Um, he says, based off of what I've seen, either animated or TV slash film, uh, his honorable mention is Shazam, just because of Zachary Levi. Uh, I was actually just thinking about Shazam and how I haven't watched that movie yet, and I really need to, so I'm going to do that soon, hopefully. Um, but yeah, his number five is Superman. His number four, Martian Manhunter. Is that the first Martian Manhunter we've had, I, I had think tonight? So. I yeah. think so. Um, number three, Wonder Woman. Number two, Dick Grayson, both as Robin and Nightwing. If those of you who know Robin uh, eventually becomes Nightwing, Dick Grayson does. Nice. Um, and uh, number one, of course, Batman. And then he says, although I could make a list of stuff from the Batman animated series. So, um, yeah, that's a great See? list, man. Thank you. Thank you. <laughs> ben, if you want a, a really good introduction into the DC characters and, and the menagerie, the the ensemble that it entails – and really good storytelling, a fun animation style, good characters. Like, the animated series is totally the way to go. Yes. I, I have learned so much about DC Comics from the Batman animated series, including some stuff that I really didn't want to know, like Clayface's <laughs> origin story. Like, why did I need that? I didn't, but I got it anyways. <laughs> and things like um, The Condiment King. Jake, do you remember the Condiment King? Who could forget the Condiment King? Who oh could forget him? The Condiment King and all of his puns. Oh my Which, gosh. I think if we're lucky, we're, I mean, he's supposed to show up in uh, James Gunn's Suicide Squad movie. Are you serious? The Condiment yeah. King? Yep. I would not be put it past James Gunn to do that. Of <laughs> all the people to show up in <laughs> Suicide I am excited for that. <laughs> show up in Suicide Squad, it would be the Condiment King. For those of you who don't know who the Condiment King is, he literally had, like, a backpack with two squirt guns, one of ketchup, one of mustard. 
and he like goes to a gala and threatens all these rich people in fancy tuxedos and dresses and stuff by threatening to squirt condiments on them if they don't give him his jewelry <laughs> or their jewelry. And then Batman shows up, and honestly, this is one of my favorite quotes of like TV ever. Listen, listen to all the puns that happen in this. He goes, "What's this? Ah, the big bad bat guy. I knew you'd." catch up to me sooner or later oh my goodness i relished this meeting god jeez you the dynamic dark knight versus me the conceptual condiment king come batman let's see if you can cut the mustard wow (laughs) oh (laughs) there's your quote of the night right there folks and with that We're going to take an ad break, listen to some stuff from our friends and patrons and partners and all that good stuff. And when we come back, we're going to give you our top five lists of our favorite DC characters. Don't go anywhere. This is IPC. IPC listeners, this is Joey Mays, intergalactic patron and promoter of my family business, Mays Sandwich Shop. We are proud to be supporting IPC and the endeavors of young, talented individuals like Zach, Ben, and Jake. Should you ever find yourself in the area of Reading, Pennsylvania, be sure to stop by Mays Sandwich Shop. Started by my grandfather in 1947, currently owned by my father and operated by my sister and me, May's Sandwich Shop has been serving delicious food to the greater Westlawn area for over 70 years. If you ever do visit, be sure to tell them IPC sent you. back here on the IPC podcast broadcasting on channel 1138.com but also coming to you through places like Podbean, Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts and a lot of other different podcatchers out there on social media. Speaking of social media, go find us on all those different platforms, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, all that good stuff at IPC Podcast. And uh, subscribe to us on whatever platform you listen to the show on. We would appreciate a rate and review or just uh, a quick shout out or a hi from whenever you're listening in the podcasting universe. We know not everybody can be with us live on Friday nights or whenever our recording time is. So it's always fun getting to see when people actually are listening to the show. So say hi to us if you're listening right now. Tweet at us right now and say hi. 
just so we can see when and where you're listening from. But uh, a special thank you definitely goes out to people who financially contribute to the program. We mentioned it off the top that there are certain people that are invested in the program that want to see it succeed and they contribute financially as well as uh, emotionally and all that other good stuff. Some of those people include the likes of Joey Mays, who got a top five right off the top of the show. Uh, our very own Jake is actually a patron of the program. He was a patron before he joined us, and now he's just on the show and we can't get rid of him. Uh, <laughs> Basically. Dan Grievous, Rachel Perry, Parker Ott, and Carrie Fleming are all patrons of the show as well. Thank you to all of you that uh, – have have caught the vision for what we do and want to help see it succeed. If you want to become a patron, you can find out all that information at patron.podbean.com forward slash IPC podcast. Nice. All right, gentlemen, the moment of truth has arrived. Our top fives. And uh, we actually agree that we would try and toss in an honorable mention in there as well. So, um, we, we actually are going to be doing like uh, an honorable mention and then a five. So technically six if you really want to get super technical about it, but I'm not going to get that technical about it. Um, yeah, I'm going to I'm just going to go ahead and go with mine. Uh, yeah, go ahead. Apparently, I was first on the list and I, I didn't know that. I just now saw the show notes and I was like, oh, I guess I'm going first. I just, you know, I, I was doing them. And I'm like, well, Z comes last, normally speaking, so I'll put you first. Well, you're so thoughtful. Usually I do go last. So the, this is this is kind of biblical. The last shall be first and the first shall be last. Exactly. <laughs> and Jake, you're just stuck right there in the middle with us. Yeah, that's fine. Story of my life. Stuck in the middle with you. Glad somebody said it. <laughs> <laughs> you were going to, weren't you? Yep. Clowns to the left of me. Jokers to the right. Oh, that's so applicable. <laughs> oh, man. Okay, so my honorable mention is um, is partially due to uh, his appearances in the animated series and in the TV show Gotham. Um, maybe not so much The Dark Knight and other places like that, but there's just a lot of backstory that we don't really get until it's like absolutely necessary and then whenever we do find out something about this character it's like whoa there's so much more depth and and so much more special to you than i expected and so my honorable mention is uh one mr alfred pennyworth yes oh nice i i i feel like his history and and then his companionship with bruce is just something that is a great story to follow no matter what medium it's on. Nice. hundred percent. All right. Is it me? Is it, is it, is it my turn? Yep. Uh, it, it can be unless Jake's got his honorable mention thought of. Yeah. I, I actually wrote yeah, a You can go ahead, Jake. Okay. Oh, okay. Uh, well, my honorable mentions, uh, I went ahead and put all of the teen Titans from teen Titans, the show from the uh, early two thousands on cartoon network, one of my favorite shows. And it kind of introduced me to the world of Batman at a young age, like uh, the extended world of Batman, I should say, or just the extended world of DC characters. Um, you got Robin in there. You got beast boy. I was a huge beast boy fan, starfire, Raven, cyborg, um, and then that show also introduced uh, one of the heavier storylines that I remember watching as a kid, which was the whole arc with uh, Slade and Tara, which really 
affected me and stuck with me when I was a kid. And I remember it to this day. So all those characters are great. Um, and then some of my favorite villains from the Batman universe, Mr. Freeze, Two-Face, Riddler. And then I am a huge fan of Damian Wayne uh, Robin. So those are my honorable mentions. Cool. And as for me, so mine are uh, both from the same show. And uh, I'm talking about Captain Cold, a.k.a. Leonard Snart, uh, yes. from the Flash show. I love him. He was uh, he, he was gone too soon, in my opinion. He, he, he didn't last very long on uh, Legends of Tomorrow, and I think the show suffered for it. Mm-hmm. Um, but he's such a great character, and he did come back in a few different ways, but it just never was the same. Love that character. Love Captain Cold. And then uh, the next one is uh, Cisco Ramon, a.k.a. Vibe. I just, I don't know, I just, something about that performance, everything is, is so great. Yeah. And uh, he's so, so funny, brings a lot of life to that show. And even though I've kind of fallen out of love with The Flash, I still miss him. I still miss Cisco and all his antics and love I, his power I, set. I think, I think one of my favorite moments is when he meets the Cisco of the alternate universe and he's like, are you Empire Strikes Back vadering me right now? <laughs> That's one of the best lines. I love it. Yep. He meets he meets Reverb. His his evil version of himself goes to Earth 2. That is so great. Yeah. I love it. Um and he always has to name the the the, the, the superheroes and supervillains. That's, yes. that's the thing, and, and he and always he, the... comes up with the with the with the names way better than Sokka from Avatar the Last Airbender does. <laughs> <laughs> If if you if you watch ATLA, you know that when Sokka tries to come up with a name, it's usually not going to end well. I don't know. Wow. I don't know yep. where where his naming powers came from, but they sure aren't from the same place Cisco got his from. Uh, yes. All right, on to our five then, are we? Yeah, let's do it. Um, who, who wants to start? Uh, I'll I'll lead us I'll lead us off. Because that's the way it goes on the list. The progression is going me and then Jake and then you kind of. Oh, yeah. That's how I wrote it. So maybe we'll just do that. (laughs) So that's how I'm going to go with it. That's just how I'm rolling. Uh, This one was tough for me because I was bouncing back and forth between a couple of different characters. Um, So I feel like I'm going to toss like uh, Penguin in there for just a second because he just narrowly missed the cut. Just narrowly. I really like Danny DeVito's portrayal and I especially liked Robin Lord Taylor's portrayal in gotham yeah probably one of the best characters in all of gotham and one of the one of the best portrayals of a comic book character that i've ever seen i i really really enjoyed it the problem is i grew up a marine biology nut and i think every (laughs) kid probably has a little bit of a marine biology phase in him but i was like legit looking at applying to schools that had marine biology programs because that's what i wanted to study and so, like, the one character that was really about underwater life, that was really about using your powers to help save the oceans and things like that, like, all of that, along with just the super strength and the dashing good looks and the way that he fit into scaly spandex so well, like, I don't know. <laughs> and then, uh, what was it? The the movie that he got in, was it 2018? Was probably one of the most cinematography uh, cinematographically cinematically c- you just made up a word there 
the cinematography <laughs> in that, the CGI that they used to to have people on the backs of sharks going mm-hmm. into battle, like I peed my pants a little bit, <laughs> just just a tiny bit. But if for for all those reasons and so many more, Aquaman's going to be my my number five selection. Nice, nice. Um, Jacob, awesome. take it. All right, my my number five is he kind of I don't know he was higher up on the list for a little bit and he kind of got pushed down, but that doesn't take away from his uh, uh, you know his status of you know being in the top five. So uh, my number five is Superman. Nice. Um, surprisingly, uh, and I wrote a little blurb for each one here, so I'm just going to read those. Um, the quintessential cape wearing hero. He's beloved or beloved. I should say uh, either one beloved and respected iconic and the embodiment of good. Many will call him boring and uninteresting. I thought that once before I really started reading and watching Superman stories and realized how much depth there was to the character of Kal-El if you haven't give him a chance. Right. That's great. And, and I, I, I totally agree with you. I like, you know, I think Superman can get a bad rap being that he is, you know, this very old school hero. He's basically unstoppable. <laughs> he yeah. has all the best powers. Like he's 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 a, a one man Justice League like I get it, but I don't think you need to sell him short. I think you know, and the different incarnations we've seen through the films, through the animated series, whatever goes to show like how great of a character he is, right? And how interesting he can be. And he's not just this you know boring guy that can that can is is completely unstoppable unless you have a certain type of rock on you. Yeah. Um. You know, he's he's much more layered than that. And, you know, I think, and, and that rem- it reminded me of that even more. So doing the whole review we just did with all the Superman films. Like, you know, one thing that's constant is, through all those films, good or bad, is the greatness of and the in, the intriguingness of the Superman character. Right, yeah. And I think even more interesting than the character himself is the creation of the character. I read a book once all about, um, I think his, it was Brothers or something like that, Joe Schuster, uh, and I forget the other guy simon or something like that um uh but they came up with the concept of of superman in the midst of you know wartime and how it was it was kind of like a a new concept like a superhero and and it was just an interesting thing it was more of a response to uh unpeace unpeaceable times i should say um and it was just you know what that spurred on in that really hasn't stopped since that those times and um also just like the iconic look of superman to me is interesting because you know if you have a generic superhero elsewhere the main dna of that is like you got a cape you've got like a symbol on your chest and you might be flying around or whatever and that is what superman is and he kind of laid the template for what a your typical superhero is right exactly so it's because of all that, you know, just Superman is is the one of the quintessential superhero characters, and he's continued to evolve, but also stay the same and stay this beacon of hope to yeah. be to be sappy about it because it's true. Yep. Um, for my number five, it's gonna be one that uh, you know, Jake, you were just saying you hadn't seen this movie. And it's one that I'm not sure if we even talked about on the show here, but I ended up watching this one just on a whim. And uh, I really enjoyed it, and it introduced me 
completely to this character and just the whole concept of him. Because I, I, you know, I was vaguely familiar with the concept going way back to you know the '40s and the '20s and all those those serials. But I really enjoyed the movie version, and I just like the concept of the character. Who I'm referring to is Billy Batson, mm. aka Shazam. And I that movie, I think it's it's up there, you know, at least top three DC movies for me personally. And just overall, I think he's it's a really character and taking the the enthusiasm of a kid, which every kid loves superheroes, and turning that into oh, a kid is in now turning into a superhero that's basically like Superman um, is is just great. It, you know that whole thing, and you know Zachary Levi did an amazing job as that character, and I, I really want to see him more. Like I want to see like maybe maybe if we get the Snyder cut and in you know people like it we'll get a true Justice League 2 and we'll get Shazam and all those guys back in it um because I think he would really be interesting you only get a really I don't want to spoil it I don't want to spoil it I don't want to spoil anything There's, I don't want to spoil any cameos or anything <laughs> like that I'm not going to say anything because people in the movie that actually haven't seen this movie but overall I really really like the character I want to see Shazam too I want to see more of him because you know just the just the concept of that character is so brilliant. Yes. Yes. You know, it's, it's funny. We had Shazam on our schedule and then never reviewed it. Weird. You're right. We, we had the show lined up for a certain day of the month or whatever. And we even had promo art for it. Cause I remember working on like a, a prompt asking people what their planet score for the movie is. And then we ended up never reviewing it. That so is crazy. Maybe Dude. during this DC kick that we're on, we need to include a review of Shazam. Heck yeah, I'm planning on watching it pretty soon here anyway. I would love to revisit it, so yeah, I'm game. Uh, well, it'll be a revisit for you. It might be the first time for some of us. Have you seen it, Zach? You know, I came within 10 feet of Zachary Levi himself when I was at Dallas Comic Con a year or two ago. <laughs> wow. And yet I haven't seen his movie. <laughs> wow. The nerve of some people. Well, I also brushed shoulders with Sean Astin, if that means anything. You brushed shoulders with <laughs> Samwise? Sam Good Lord. Bob Newby. Yeah. Yep. I was, I, I was working to, I, I was working for the ATM company that has the portable machines where people go to get the cash for the autographs. Oh, yeah. Can you imagine how much business that does, mm. by the way? Because <laughs> yeah. if, you're, if you're going for Zachary Levi's autograph, that's like 120 bucks. Yeah, that's uh, crazy. And so, like, <laughs> all of these famous people there, the entire cast from Back to the Future was there. Oh, my that's God. Awesome. Like, that's everybody. awesome. Everybody. And so I was, I was going to work on a machine, and... Sean Aston was taking a break and he was leaving his booth and like slipping out the back to go to the break room. And he went one direction and I went the other one as I was heading towards an ATM to work on. Oh my gosh. So I didn't say anything because I knew that he didn't want to talk to people. He just spent a whole lot of time talking to people, but I, I literally went like right past him. Yeah. Yeah. See, I've, I've been there several times with people like, you know, I was at Pensacon and Garrick Hagen who played Biggs, Darklighter just oh, happened wow. to walk by. I'm like, you know, I don't want to approach him. Like, I'm very, like, you know, I saw Ashley Eckstein, like, out in the open at Celebration one time. I'm like, 
she she's obviously trying to blend in. Like she was trying to get there and do her thing. She wasn't in the mood. I'm like she doesn't want to see any fans. I understand that because yeah. you know that can get, get can get tiring. Yeah. But just seeing them, the, just being in the presence of someone like that and going, it's it's pigs, it's Ahsoka. Oh my god! <laughs> being in That's their presence, the... you make it sound like they're a god or a royalty. They are gods to me. <laughs> they are my gods. All right, I worship them. Well, I mean, we've got like posters and action figures are basically like their idols. So, I mean, not too basically. Far. It's not it's, basically. It's not too far off. Uh, okay, we're on to number fours then, are we? I believe we are. Okay, my number four is one that probably isn't going to surprise anybody because I have got a huge, huge crush on Gal Gadot. Number four is Wonder Woman. <laughs> Heck yeah. yeah! Like, like. As far as celebrity crushes go, and as far as casting goes, Galdo as Wonder Woman was probably like the best casting that has been done for superheroes in recent years. She's in my opinion, incredible. Like, like the the way that she plays it. Also, the directing by Patty Jenkins was pretty awesome. But what I came to recently discover was if you watch Wonder Woman in between Man of Steel and Batman v Superman, her appearance in Batman v Superman is so much more impactful. Yeah. Like, it means so much more to have her show back up in uniform like that. Because literally the last time she wore that uniform and the last time she stepped into battle like that was when she lost Steve. Like, yeah. that... Uh, unless... Uh, I mean, I guess Wonder Woman 1984 is going to retcon that. But basically, the the last time she, she was a part of any of that was from that sequence. And so... Uh, there's there's just there's so much to it. There's so much more depth to it that, that Jenkins was able to bring in, that, that Godot was able to bring in. And then I liked Wonder Woman in like the, the animated Justice League series and stuff like that. Don't didn't really read a whole lot of her stuff in the in the comics, if I'm being totally honest. But like she's just such an iconic part of the history of the league and uh pushing forward for, for female empowerment and female superheroes and uh i know that her her costume can be a little risque at times but it's not even something that i I know this this is going to sound like bull but it's not really something that i pay as much attention to as as much as what what she is doing as a character you know yeah like yeah some of some of her sequences when she's like in her party gown in batman v superman or when she's like trying out different outfits in the first Wonder Woman movie, like some of those sequences and some of that interaction, some of that bantering and stuff is like some of the most important stuff of the movie, in my mm-hmm. opinion. And so there's there's just a lot of of there's, there's a great need for for female female superheroes. Jenkins and Gal Gadot have been like trailblazers the last couple of years in getting that done. And I just admire the heck out of it. Oh, yeah. She's wonderful. She's a wonderful person in real life, but also, you know, she's just she plays that character so well. I think I love as perfect casting. I love I love the gif of her and Chris Pine doing an interview together and Chris is talking and she just looks up at him and she's smiling and then for like a brief second she bites her lip. Okay, this is turning into a Zach Arnold wet dream. No, it's no, it's not. It's just it's so amusing because the woman is married. Okay, 
She is happily married. I she don't really- care. I don't care. Anybody in her position would do the same thing. You're sitting exactly. next to Chris Pine. Exactly. Exactly. No, a hundred percent truth. And what what's so funny is like. In that gif, you have that moment where she looks up and she's like, mm, damn. And then, like, as soon as that happens, she, like, lets go of her lip and, like, like catches herself and is like, oh, shoot, I'm, I'm married. <laughs> and, like, stops doing that. Just for a brief second, she slips up. It's a so brief funny. second. And it's hilarious. But, like Kenny says in the chat, Gal Gadot is Wonder Woman on and off screen. It's... It's so true. Great. That's awesome. So, so great. Oh, I found the um, gift. I'm going to send you guys in the chat. <laughs> oh, of course, because I never get tired of it, ever. In the meantime, Jacob, take it away, number four. Yes, sir. My number four is Dr. Manhattan from The Watchmen. I thought you were going to say Dr. Octopus, and I was going to like, what? No, no, wrong, <laughs> wrong franchise. Yeah, Flip yeah. tables for that. <laughs> you know what? It's actually Dr. Octopus. Just kidding. Okay, Dr. Manhattan. Um, and this is what I had to say about him. He's always been so fascinating to me. A man who's torn apart at the molecular level who becomes a nearly omnipotent being capable of traveling through space and time. Plus, he's blue, which makes him kind of a human TARDIS of sorts. He gradually finds himself able to relate to other humans less and less as he settles more and more into his omnipotence. Um, I don't know. I've always liked how he looks. I've always liked uh, what he's capable of. I liked how him becoming Dr. Manhattan, how that changes his relationships from when, you know, from before he was Dr. Manhattan. Um, It was just an interesting element to the whole Watchmen universe. And, um, and I don't know. He's always been one of my favorites. Yeah. Watchmen. I have a huge blind spot there because I, I, that I know next to nothing. I haven't seen any of the movies or anything like that. You know, that's another Zack Snyder thing um, yeah. that I've heard a lot about. So maybe I, one day we'll have to we'll have to do that one because I'm very intrigued. I, th- I think the movie is a pretty good adaptation of the graphic novel, but I highly recommend the graphic novel because it is it's just such it's so good. It's so good. So if you get the chance, you know, it's it's not like you have to track down a bunch of issues of things. Just read the graphic novel. And uh, yeah, it's worth it. But Jake, I can't read. <laughs> well, I guess you'll have to watch the movie then. Oops. Oh, is it my turn? Oh, okay. Oh, Sorry. Yes, it is your turn. Oh, it is my turn. It's like that awkward pause. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So we talked about him earlier, I think. Um, but he's one of my. I, I, again, we're going back to The Flash. We're going back to that show, even though, like I said, I, I have a mixed relationship with that show. I haven't watched it in a while. It still ha- has a special place in my heart, especially the, the first few seasons. And the main villain of the first season, as played by Tom Cavanaugh, is one of the best performances, one of the best uh, characters overall in all of DC, in my humble opinion. And it's the reverse Flash, uh, also known as Eobard Thawne. Yes. And just that that first season of Flash is amazing and how it unfolds and how you keep peeling back the layers and you know you're introduced to oh it's you know uh, what's his name 
uh, Wells, like Wells, Harrison yeah. Wells, and this guy in this guy in a wheelchair, and all the pieces are there. Like you know something's up, and you know. Harrison Wells is not who he says he is, but like he's in a wheelchair. How could he be the reverse flag? Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then he is, and just how that that whole dynamic. And, and Tom Cavanaugh is a freaking beast. The yeah. guy has played so many characters. He's played so many different versions of Harrison Wells. He's played Eobarthon, which is thing, and that whole reveal of a, a, someone basically stealing his face. It's just it's just phenomenal. Um so I love that character and I love the fact that like in the Flash universe in that show, like they basically set it up that he can't die. He's always around. Like no matter how many times the Flash uh kills him, like he's just gonna come back again. Mm-hmm. So I you know, I love that iteration of the character. Yeah, that's awesome. I I do I do have some fond memories of the first few seasons of the Flash. I think the thing that got to me was there are just so many stories you can tell about somebody faster than the fastest man alive it really they really just it felt like they ran out of ideas it's like oh we've got to come up with someone else and it was like hey here's the the first line in every episode is my name is barry allen i'm the fastest man alive Here's Except for entire, the villain this season. I was about to say, who is an entire season of how that statement is not true. Yeah. Literally every season, it's someone new. Like, I'll give him credit for the Brainiac guy. I can't remember his name. Like, at least he was, like, the whole point of him was that he could think faster than the Flash. That he couldn't, you know, move. Right. But uh, still, just, and that guy was just, that, that guy was off the wall and I think that's when I fell off <laughs> but uh, it's just and then they, I think they had Godspeed since yeah, I yeah. La- since I stopped watching which I'm just like what he's just, he's just a he's just a white version of uh, of Zoom like come on yeah yeah yeah, yeah. It, it, it did get old unfortunately but before that happened it was it was pretty entertaining. It was good TV. I remember talking about it with like family and friends being like, Oh, did you see last week's episode? Yeah, I did. No, I haven't seen it yet. No spoilers. Like back when it was, when that was a cool thing to do, but it's, it's been a, it's been a hot minute. Yep. Um, let's see. We're to three now. Are we? Yeah, I believe we are. Okay. So Jake's number four was a little off the wall. My number three is going to be a little off the wall because like he said, sometimes you have to think about the graphic novels and not your traditional superhero characters. And uh, this is probably one of my favorite movies of all time, and I actually am very intent on reading the graphic novel because of the movie. One of my favorite movie characters, one of my favorite just fictional characters in general, is the character V. From V for Vendetta. Interesting. And part of that is just the backstory that he's got. Part of it is the way that he uh, exudes his influence on the people that wronged him while also making neopolitical statements at the same time. And I think it also has to do with the idea of letting the mask mean something more than the man. Like mm-hmm. the the, yeah. con- the concept, the construct that has been made needs to be stronger than the face that is in front of it. And I, I love that idea of letting an idea become the thing people need to pay attention to and not 
the person who is presenting the ideas. Like I always thought that that was a really interesting idea. And, and, and then I keep saying the word idea. I need to stop that. Um, I, I just, I love the movie. It's like a 10 out of 10 for me. I can really only watch it like once a year, but when I do, I am enthralled by it time and time and time again. It's become like an annual tradition for me where sometime in early November, preferably on the 5th, I'm watching that movie because yeah. I I just I love everything that it's got. Natalie Portman is obviously great, but the dynamic that she has with Hugo Weaving is also unmatched. Like the the vibe that the two of them have as she learns about his horrible past and as he learns what it means to love and to care again like they just they play off of each other so so well and then you got john hurt playing um the the main villain in that movie i believe Mm -hmm. and i i don't know there's just there's just so much about it that it hits a little too close to home at times especially given the current political circumstance but this movie was made several years ago before yeah, yeah. before any of all this happened. It was almost like they predicted the future for crying out loud. <laughs> and it's just it's fascinating to to watch that and to be inspired by it and to be inspired by the acting, the music, the the William Tell eighteen twelve overture. I never think of that music the same way again because of that movie, because of that character. Remember the remember the fifth of November, folks, because I know I always will. That. I didn't realize V was a DC character. Yeah, interesting. It, it's it's when you're when you're watching the movie V for Vendetta. Well, one of the opening title cards is the DC Comics logo. Wow, huh. that's crazy! I, did, I had no idea. I it's didn't a, know that. No idea. It's a DC Comics graphic novel. Yep. Oh. Wow, that's a great choice. Absolutely great choice. Yeah, I, and if I'd known that, I would have expected that. But I, I had no idea that was even an option. So the fact that you pulled that out is a great. Have have either of you seen the movie? Um, nope. I have yet to get around to it. I've seen bits of it, but oh. um, I don't know. I never really got the appeal of it. Oh man, oh man. We need to do like a watch party because I'm sure Ben hasn't seen it. Yeah. No, definitely not. Like, if you guys are willing, I would love to do a watch party sometime and introduce you guys to the film and what makes it so great. Because yep. it's. Yeah. The, the it, it's got great writing for one thing it's got great acting for another thing but this is probably it's probably the only movie i ever watched that actually got me interested in politics because it's about somebody fighting back in an effective manner like yeah and that's uh that's uh relevant <laughs> a, little, a little too well considering what's going on in minneapolis yes but um uh, but it, it it's 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 fascinating to think about because a lot of times in politics we feel like we're we're trapped we're stuck between a rock and a hard place and we don't like the options that have been presented to us uh, especially when it comes to voting and you know everybody talks about how you know one vote can make a difference and you've got to do your part uh to to play your part in the political system and things like that well this guy takes it and like spins it on its head and he's like yeah one man can make a difference but it's not with your votes it's with your voice it's with your actions not just the action of voting but the action of recognizing when a government is corrupt and choosing to do something about it and he becomes like 
a political vigilante. He's almost like a, a Batman of politics. He takes on all of the people that are corrupt within the government and calls them out on it in a way that the traditional justice system would never be able to do. They, he, like, he cuts through all of the red tape, literally and figuratively, in order to spark drastic and effective change at the highest levels. And that's Hugo mm-hmm. Weaving in that role, right? It is. It's Hugo Weaving. Interesting. Yep. You know, have you guys ever seen the movie Babe? Yeah. 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 You know, Hugo Weaving is in that movie, too. <laughs> oh, is he a voice? He's the voice of Rex the dog. No way. That's crazy. And I just I've I oh, literally have that movie memorized. Yeah. Oh, of all things. Wow. Yeah, I've seen that. I've been, literally been watching that movie since I was like since I was a kid, since old, younger than I was a kid, like since I was probably a baby. And like the whole thing about that and like having him in that role just blew my mind. I'm like I started doing research. I'm like, what? He's in this movie? What? Well, I mean, and then he was also Lord Elrond in the Lord of the Rings series, and he was Red Skull. Like the yeah, only yeah. the only thing he's yeah. missing. He's been in Marvel and in DC. He's been in Lord of the Rings. All he's missing is like one of the star shows, like Star Trek or Star Wars. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Exactly. Like that. Well, that would complete the trifecta. I I would like to watch V for Vendetta. Is that what it's called? V for Vendetta. It is. Mm-hmm. Um, sometime, but I keep I everything I've heard about it is that it's like boring. It 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 has it has some low moments because it starts pretty action heavy and finishes action heavy, but in the middle there's a lot of character development, mm. and and so you really have to feel like you are like these characters are growing on you in order to recognize the growth yourself. Oh, I see. And and then it's also got a little bit of a noir mystery drama feel to it as well, because you've got a couple of detectives who are trying to trace V and trying to like track him down and trying to figure out like where his next political statement is going to be made. So, Like I think because of the action that starts out in the movie, some of the fight scenes and stuff that happen at the start, you think it's going to be like that throughout, and then it slows down into more of a of a mystery drama, and then finishes with a crescendo. In a way, it's a little bit like the eighteen twelve overture, which is constantly nuanced throughout the course of the film. Interesting. It's, interesting. It's very it's, interesting. It's it's it it kind of like has a little bit of a slow build and then a big crescendo at the end. So, oh my gosh, I didn't realize that until just now. But now I have to go back and listen to the eighteen twelve overture and try and recognize the storytelling parallels within the movie. That'd be interesting. Uh, yeah, I'll have to watch it sometime. Oh my gosh! If nothing else, it's worth watching for Natalie Portman and Hugo Weaving's performance. If you're if you're a fan of like good character writing the two of them have some fantastically written characters very interesting so very intriguing i i i don't have enough good things to say about that movie i watched it in a government class a texas government class my professor came in the first week of class and said yeah texas government's boring so you can throw away your textbook Uh, (laughs) like literally over the course of like six of our 16 weeks we watched movies, including this German film called The Lives of Others. We watched a movie called The Alamo because it was related to Texas. 
obviously. And then we watched V for Vendetta, which is set in Great Britain. It has nothing to do with Texas government, but she just wanted to show it to us. Wow. And for, like, like I think four to six weeks, we would spend, like, a week or two trying to get through these films during our class period. And we would just sit down in class and watch a movie. And then maybe, like, some of the character names and, and like, like certain dates, like the 5th of November, would show up on the quiz. And it would be like a Scantron ABCDE quiz. And it would be like, okay, okay, okay. And, like, super easy. And I was like, all right, well, I guess I'm not learning about Texas government this way. But it did help me get hooked on that movie. It's one of my favorites now. That's it's not a top wow. five movie that I'll never say no to. But it is like a top five best movie I've ever watched kind of thing. Yeah. I, I definitely can't like watch it over and over again, but I definitely do enjoy it when I watch it. Interesting. Awesome. Okay, I'm done ranting. I'm sorry. Jake, you're number three, dude. Go for it. All right. Uh, well, my number three, it's kind of a an interesting one. Um, it is a character named V uh, from V for Vendetta. No. I'm not even kidding here. No. I pulled the wool over both your eyes. I love V. What? I love V for Vendetta. It's one of my favorite what? movies of all time. What? <laughs> and I would you I would, son of a I went on this freaking <laughs> I went on this Oh it's so worth it. Trying oh to convince God. you to watch this movie. I thought I was thinking out of left field when I put V for Vendetta, or for put V on my list, and then you said it as your number three, and it's my number three too. And I'm like, <laughs> I have to do this. I have to pretend I've never seen. This. I oh, dude, I feel terrible too because I like stole your thunder. No, it's totally fine. I'll write. I'll read the little blurb I wrote for it, but it, it pretty much mirrors what you were saying. I love. I love V. Okay. <laughs> Let's let's okay. Let me just read. I'm just I can't. I'm 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 having trouble fathoming this right. Like my my words are just not failing. Sold it so well. I'm like, what can I say to like make it sound like I've never seen this before? (laughs) I've never heard a single person say it's boring. By the way, I just made that up. I'm oh my god! I hate you. I love you, but I hate you. Okay, okay, okay. okay. That is amazing. I enjoyed that a lot. Okay. Um, But yeah, V from V for Vendetta. Uh, One of my favorite movies of all time. Such an underrated and interesting character. His origins are tragic and his identity a mystery, but those things aren't the point of him. He represents freedom in a world where the government has taken it away. He represents going against something that is so much bigger than one man by becoming more of an idea. Sounds a little familiar, right? I'm referring to Batman there. But I just love the way this story in particular executes that. V is one of my favorite characters of all time. Hashtag watch the movie. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) You're welcome. All right, that's it for the show tonight. I think that's all I can take. <laughs> but yeah, Zach, I completely agree with everything you said. It is it is uh, a stunningly well-performed movie. I love Hugo Weaving in that. I love Natalie Portman in that. I love, I love the feeling that the movie gives me. And it's interesting that you say that it's not in your top five movies you'll never say no to because I think it might be in mine. It is that good. It's It's a movie that... 
so heavy and so intense. Like Beamer heavy. It, it's it's a little creepy too because you can see how a society would reach the point that it gets in. Oh, yes. Preventa. It's like it's like realistic in that yes. sense, and it's a warning against that. And I I I love it. I love the movie on every level. Well, it, it's official. We are doing a V for Vendetta watch party, and you and I are introducing Ben to this film. <laughs> ben, you're, you're, I don't see how you couldn't love it. It's such a good movie. Well, now that you mention it... <laughs> don't, don't. My number three is V for Vendetta. I was fooling you all the time. Wow. I'm kidding. Okay, I'm well, kidding. Who, what was your favorite scene from the movie? My favorite scene um, from... I was talking to Ben. Oh. I'm testing him. Deal weed. <laughs> Um, um, it's the, that's that scene where the Hugo Weaving guy uses his sword. Yeah, yeah, that's that's the scene. I love that scene. <laughs> there's he's wearing a ma- he's wearing a mask. He's in a dark alley, and he and he, he uses sword. Yeah, I like that scene. There's like three scenes like that. There, oh. it, it's one of them. It, it's that scene. The I, scene I, you're thinking. Of. I mean, if we're just for a second, because I I love thinking about this movie. I love the scene where V kind of takes over the little news station there and broadcasts his message. Um, I love the flashback scenes to, uh, well, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna spoil anything. Things happen. Things go down. It's awesome. Watch the movie. All right. You convinced me. You convinced me. All right. If it wasn't already convinced, (laughs) this isn't the first V for Vendetta tangent on this podcast. Believe me. Um, not that I'm, not that I'm complaining. Not that I'm complaining. No hard feelings. No hard feelings. Because, yeah, apparently I need to really need to watch this movie. Yeah. Um. So, are we done with that? Can I? Can I tell mine? <laughs> I, I'm. I'm done. I. I'm. I'm very done. Like I'm. I'm the most done with you, Jacob. <laughs> I mean, you sold the movie well. If I was really a person that didn't didn't hadn't seen it before, I I would be convinced to watch it. Uh, yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, okay. So up next for me is a character that I was bragging on earlier and I legitimately forgot about. And uh, thanks to the to Robin, I believe, who, who mentioned him and uh, reminded me that he existed and then reminded me also that he's one of my favorite DC characters, probably one of my favorite all-time fictional characters. And just his whole journey through Arrow, again, we're going back to the Arrowverse, and uh, his whole thing, and his performance by Manu Bennett is unparalleled. And uh, so Slade Wilson, a.k.a. Deathstroke, is one of my personal faves nice. from the DC universe, and he's just he just brilliantly played off it, and just, you know, how he starts out, you know, as this, you know, really good guy but then just is driven absolutely mad um and you know ultimately does a lot of terrible things and is such a good just foil for Oliver Queen I think is is just fantastic but then like as I said he comes back and he has a, some really good moments I think it's either season 7 or what, whatever the last couple seasons of Arrow like he does have a kind of a swan song and comes back and is is somewhat heroic so yeah Deathstroke is one of my faves, and uh, yeah, he's up there at my number three. That's awesome. Okay, so we're on to the penultimates then, aren't we? Yes, yeah, I guess we too. The the second favorite DC characters, and this one may or may not come as a surprise to you guys, depending on how well you know me. Um, some people have had this guy way, way up at the top. Some have just had him in there somewhere, but 
he has not been absent from very many lists so far all evening, and he's not going to be absent from mine. Checking in at number two is going to be Batman, a.k.a. The Dark Knight, a.k.a. Bruce Wayne, whatever you want to call him. I, I, I've loved the animated series. I, I've played a couple of the the Arkham-type video games, um, not all the way through, like when I was at a friend's house or something. I don't own any of those games, I don't think. Um, but the the Dark Knight trilogy, even even some of the the Adam West stuff, even the some of the the stuff from the eighties, like the Tim Burton films, like there's always something different to take away from the character and the lore and the legacy within the films, and that's really the only area that I can look at because I haven't seen a whole lot of the other stuff. Um, I will say though that the movie portrayal of uh the killing joke is not good (laughs) i've heard this do not do not watch the killing joke if you can avoid it at all read the graphic novel i have the graphic novel i've read it it's one of my favorite iterations of of batman ever period but the the movie incarnation is just it's not good i paid 1450 for a one night showing kind of thing took my friends to go see it because i was really hyped about it and we all hated it. <laughs> so outside of that, I like just about everything else that has to do with Batman and his character and his training with Rishal Ghoul and uh, his origins in the TV show Gotham. Like just about every iteration of Bruce Wayne slash the Dark Knight that I can get uh, that I can consume. I've always been a fan of that material. He just he represents and embodies so many different things, including one man making a difference, including bravery and and heroism and ingenuity, creativity, drawing the line and making sure that you stay true to that line, even when things get tough. Uh, you know, there's there's just so much about him that I really, really love. But I mean, obviously, The Dark Knight and, and Christian Bale's performance in The Dark Knight is probably what sealed the deal for me. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, Batman, obviously, is a popular one. Everybody loves Batman. Like, he's he's up there as probably... I would say... I think Spider-Man is, like, the overall, like, most popular per per action figure, I guess, for lack of a better term, like, favorite comic book character. But I think Batman's not far from mind. Like, he really... He, he sells it for people. He's freaking Batman! How could he not? Heck yeah. All right, Jake. What you got for number two? Um, my number two is, uh, the Joker. Yeah, that's right. The Joker. Are you, um, sure? you didn't, you didn't sell me on that very well. <laughs> You're like, um, <laughs> oh no, I was reading over my, my, uh, my number one real quick, but, uh, yeah, uh, number two is the Joker, uh, beginning As a one-off foil for the Dark Knight decades ago, the clown prince of crime quickly rose in popularity and has cemented himself as one of the most infamous villains in history. He mirrors Batman perfectly, the other half of an insane coin of justice and anarchy. His mysterious beginnings beg the question, how could someone become like this? How could one person be so dedicated to confusion, destruction, and evil? Um, I've 
always loved the Joker. I've been a huge Joker fan for as long as I can remember. I love his I, – I, I love almost all versions of him, save a few. Uh, there are a couple that I'm not a huge fan of. Uh, definitely not the Jared Leto one. Um, there's a few cartoon versions too that I'm not a huge fan of. But overall, I think the uh, different adaptations of him have been very interesting, and they've all – pretty much had the essence of who joker is which is just a crazy demented clown um who likes antagonizing and uh i just am fascinated by how well that that uh the thing between him and batman works like it it almost seems like it shouldn't work at all like each of them on their own are pretty insane concepts already and then to put them together is like double insane but it all works perfectly um and it is it is uh awesome i will always be a fan of the the batman joker dynamic um i think joker strengthens batman as a character and batman strengthens joker as a character they help each other in that sense um joker is endlessly hilarious and uh scary and um fascinating to me so yeah he's my number two it's interesting that you put him as your number two (laughs) because he's also my number two the joker he's the freaking joker man Mm. i'm specifically i there's a lot of great joker performances some i haven't seen some i have um i just recently watched the you know 80 89 batman uh, what, what was it? Eighty nine. I can't remember. Yeah, I can't remember. Yeah. It, it's the one with with uh, you know what's his Michael name? Keaton. And it, it's Nicholson. Michael Keaton, Batman, Nicholson. and uh, yeah. there you go, Nicholson. I, I'm just I'm terrible. Names do not come into my brain while I'm podcasting. <laughs> if I'm lying in bed, no problem. I get here in my front of a mic. It just doesn't happen. Um, Nicholson, like Nicholson, is great. I think he's he's kooky. Like that's that's a different version of thing. But I think my favorite, I think a lot of people's favorites, is, is Heath Ledger. Heck yeah! And that performance, and you know, you're talking about his his relationship with Batman. Like this whole thing of you know, Batman is the one of the one of the, probably one of the best scenes in movies period is the, the interrogation scene where Batman just goes in there and he shows up behind him and he starts beating the heck out of him. Yeah, and then. He, you know, starts talking to him, and he's like, why do you want to kill me? And Joker just starts laughing. He's like, I don't want to kill you. No, 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 no. You don't understand. You complete me. It's so good. It's just like the the fact that every people underestimate. People, they think he's just homicidal maniac, and he is – but at the same time, he doesn't want to kill Batman. Like, he he enjoys the cat-and-mouse game of – just playing around with Batman and screwing with him. And that whole dynamic, I think, it's always been there, going back to the cartoons, going back to the comics, but I think The Dark Knight especially, like, personified, like, what that relationship actually is and how, you know, he's, like, Batman is this the world's greatest detective and he can figure everything out and he can, you know, beat up everybody and do it. Like, the Joker is immune to that. Yeah. You know, the Joker just laughs in his face when every time he takes a punch and then you know, continues on and, you know, he's he's a loose cannon, you know. As the wise man once said, some men want, just want to watch the world burn. Mm-hmm. And that's the Joker. Yep. And, you know, we can relate to that because there's people like the Joker in the real world, unfortunately. There just is. And there's people that there are the most 
that are the scariest is the ones that are just unpredictable. You don't know what they're going to do. And Joker is this wild card, quite literally. <laughs> um, here's my card, yeah. and love that moment. And just, just, and that performance is one of the best in cinema. So, for me, number two is the Joker. He's the best, the best. Nice. The dress, the best, the blah, 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 you know, Phoenix's portrayal as the Joker in in that standalone film was just captivating and breathtaking. Another one of those movies that I could probably watch once a year, like V for Vendetta, but probably couldn't watch it more than that because of just how heavy and and intense it is. But it doesn't take away from the fact of it's just a fantastic movie. Yeah. There's so much depth and complexity to each portrayal, except for Jared Leto who I don't even know what he was trying to do with that character. But every other incarnation of the Joker has brought something to the table, brought something new and different and and crazy. And yet each one of them is something that we end up relating to or attaching to or, or finding ourselves understanding his side of things. Like Heath Ledger's Joker comes across as one of the sanest and most understandable characters in the whole film when he when he talks about how when the chips are down these people will eat each other you're like nah that'll never happen but then we look at society now and we're like oh god the joker was right and so (laughs) you know there's there's just so much to his character that rings true to life like as a kid we like the joker for how crazy he is the kid in us loves that and, and how well he compliments Batman, like the Batman versus the Joker, like those two just go together. But then when we get older, we start realizing that a lot of the Joker's arguments and, and his logic and the, the things that he's trying to do makes a lot of sense. And yeah. so right. you combine those two things and it just makes a quintessential character that regardless of who he's up against, regardless of what he's up to, you're always fixated on what the Joker is doing. You are always paying attention when he is in the show, in the movie, on the screen. Whenever something relating to the Joker is going on, we are always captivated by it. There is Mm. never a dull moment when it comes to the clown prince of crime. And that's what I love about him. Yeah, I love it. You left us speechless, Zach. You left us speechless. Uh, No words. Apparently, because he's talking about his number one now. I, 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 yeah, yeah, it's your turn, Jake. All right. Uh, I dare so, you to pop that. I, I, I don't know if I can. I don't know if I can. Um, um, so some other people have managed to leave Batman off their list, and uh, I think maybe one other person. Um, and I swore that I wouldn't, so that is why, that is why instead of Batman is my number one, I decided to, uh, you know, shake things up a bit and uh, put Batman as my number one. Oh, 
Oh, what? <laughs> what? Yeah, that's the second Man. plot twist this this evening. Cody's just trolling us all the way through the end. No, I I always knew Batman was going to be my number one. Batman, I he's he's awesome. He's awesome. Um, equaled only by Spider-Man, in my opinion. Batman has evolved with the years to maintain his status as possibly the character with the broadest appeal. He somehow strikes that perfect balance between morality and darkness, the embodiment of what it is to be tortured on the inside and a force to be reckoned with on the outside. He's not just the best DC character. He's the best comic character and high in the running for best fictional character of all time. Um, I love Batman. I've been a Batman fan since I maybe he was one of the first things I remember liking. Um, there's so many incarnations of Batman. I mean, I'm I'm just going to basically copy what I said about the Joker here. It, it, he's just, he has stood the test of time. He is timeless. Um, he is going to live on forever. I, you know, in whatever incarnations there are, people love Batman. He's not going anywhere anytime soon. And he's just that good of a character. You know, it's not just uh, an outward appearance type thing that, keeps him um relevant it is it is so much more than that there's so much depth to the character of bruce wayne there's so much depth to the character of batman he has such an amazing uh rogues gallery of villains um and he has a different dynamic with each of those that make him interesting and uh he just like i said he has so much appeal um that spans all ages you know he i feel like the audience for batman is such a large one that kids can be into him adults can be into him um and uh yeah i i guess i guess that's all i have to say about batman but yeah he is definitely my number one nice well okay i believe it is time for my number one is it not as rafiki from the lion king once said it is time. I always have to ask because I, I lack self confidence, and also half the time I don't even know what hell what the hell is going on. Um, so uh, yeah, that's just me. But I have my number one. You know, I, I actually had my list ready before we even started this. It was it was it was locked in, which is something that usually it's it's in flux as we go. But uh, I've had this one. I think this one since even before I wrote down my list, I'm like. This guy is my number one. And, you know, I think you anybody that's heard me talk about DC superheroes from, for any number of times knows that this one holds a, near, a place near and dear to my heart. And, uh, you know, one of my favorite TV shows of all time. It just ended, and I think it was a brilliant end to a, a brilliant series that was not without its flaws, obviously. No series is not. Um, it, it, it slumped in the middle. I was, I was telling you earlier, you know, it... The, you know the whole Rasa Ghoul thing um, was not my favorite part of Arrow, but partly my my favorite part of the entire series was the character of Oliver Queen, aka Green Arrow, aka the Hood, aka the Arrow. He went through many different variations, but uh, such a great such a great portrayal by Stephen Amell, and you know taking a character that was really I don't think he was huge. In you know anything before now definitely hasn't been in any movies that I know of. I think he made an appearance in Smallville maybe back in the day, but not a character that's been really huge into you know the, you know the, in popularity at least compared to people like Superman and Batman. But 
taking that character and going, okay, we're going to do a series on him. And, you know, yeah, there's a lot of borrowed from Batman. There's a lot of characters borrowed from Batman. There's a lot of mythos borrowed from Batman. But still, I think he, he, they made it his own character. And I really liked the whole journey of him and, you know, from, you know, trying to keep his identity secret to all the way to becoming mayor, then getting outed several times, finally coming in. And the last few seasons were just him just existing, and everyone knows he's the Green Arrow, which I think was a really great dynamic. And uh, they had to end the show there because there was really no no other surprises after that. But, right. uh, the, the you know... The couple of seasons was all about his narrow escapes and people trying to track him down and out him. And then once he's out, it's like, oh, okay. It's just it's just like there's like there's a season one episode that's all about like him getting accused like they literally like arrest him like you're the green arrow you're you're the arrow and then Diggle puts on the costume <laughs> and it goes and robs the place and like oh you're not the arrow <laughs> and then it happens like five more times the same thing um so it's just it's just great but I, I love the character I love his whole journey in the sense of you know doing it for he comes back from the island you know, this grizzled guy who's doing it for revenge, and he slowly learns his way out of that, learning that, you know, that that killing is not the answer, that, you know, the, the violence and all this kind of stuff, and doing this stuff for the right reasons, and, and saving his city, as he says, is, you know, is about, because he loves the city, and not because it's this vendetta thing, and, and you know, and this whole thing with his his parents, and realizing his parents were, were kind of bad people too, and, you know, and the, even the first episode, like, that was mind-blowing to me when you have Moira Queen uh, out front of the house, and she's like, I wonder what my son's been up to, and like, oh, she's a bad guy, oh my god, this, yeah. that was just, that was just a huge thing, and then you got John Barrowman, and he keeps, keeps coming back, as, you know, it just all-star cast like such brilliant casting and you know it they call it the Arrowverse for the reason it it set up this I know I know Smallville fans I hear you you know Smallville paved the way for all this but you know Arrow really set it in motion and made all this happen and made this massive universe and uh, that's continuing to grow and yeah I'm not the biggest fan of it anymore since Arrow's done but I still like the characters and I'm looking forward to uh, Green Arrow and the the Canaries, I think this is the name of the show. It's gonna so. have Mia Smoke in it. Um, so I really like her. I really like the actress there. So like, I'm game. I'm definitely gonna watch that when it comes back. Um, but just a great journey. Like I feel like the past ten years have been really defined by some really standout superhero performances. I would put Stephen Amell right up there with Robert Downey Jr. and Chris Evans as like you know decade defining superhero character performances. Yes. Well, I mean, when you when you think about it, I, I think Stephen Amell's another one of those people that's like, you you uh, it just automatically start associating that actor with that character. Like, Robert Downey Jr., he's not Sherlock Holmes. He's Iron Man. You know? Yeah, yeah. Like, he embodies Stephen, it. He, he, Stephen Amell's not going to be that villain from Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, he's always going to be the era. You know what I mean? Right. Like, he, he just, he carries himself in such a way that all he's ever really going to be known for is the arrow. And that can be a catch-22, because if he's looking for other acting jobs, that's the biggest thing on his resume, obviously. But is he going to get typecast into something? I'm hoping not. 
because I mean, yeah. even RDJ got to play Dr. Doolittle. I think Stephen Amell deserves to do some stuff outside of superhero movies. I think he's got enough experience in, in some of the dramatic side of, of that series that he could do something that's more of a drama or a thriller, even a horror film. I could see him as like a, like a, like a dude in a in a zombie movie or something like that. Possibly. Yeah, he he actually is him and his cousin Robbie ML. They're doing it's called Code Eight, I think. It's a new movie out. I think it's out right now. Where it's like superheroes, like mutations have come about but then like once you're a superhero you become like a second class citizen or something like that like they're outlawed yeah. and yeah. yeah it looks pretty interesting like it's a different take on like superheroes especially coming you know from two actors that played superheroes um big time so uh and it's even again another actor that i heard on the you know on the inside of you podcast and some guy that you know was seemed kind of burned out after that. You can imagine doing that for a number of years. Um he seemed to, you know, was was seemed very grateful of what he did but also very like, okay, I'm I'm ready to get away from this, ready to do other things and you know, I, I think I think he's an incredible actor. I think he really has thing. I know he got Casey Jones in the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles movie. That wasn't a huge thing. Um I hope he gets some more stuff. I think I think he really has the chops to do some really big stuff in the future, perhaps even bigger than Arrow because there's a lot of actors that do that. They they get stuff when they're younger and they make this big role and then they come back and they do something even that's even more prolific. Oh, look at look at uh, Brandon Routh. I think I think he's just as known for The Atom or even more so now as Ray Palmer than he, you know, was as Superman. So that's a guy that, you know, really, you know, you can imagine what he went through with Superman Returns and then coming back and doing that. That was crazy. Yeah. Oh, damn. Code 8 did not do good at the box office. Well, nothing's really doing good at the box office these days. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, oof. Is it on streaming? Did they even release it? Uh, okay, it's on YouTube, Netflix. I'm just looking at the wiki right now. I'm going to go to the box office mojo. It's said that this movie came out in 2019. Maybe, maybe it, that's correct. I didn't know it looked when like it, it came released out. Released to the United Arab Emirates on December 5th of 2019. I don't. Weird. I don't know why it would. A hundred percent. A hundred percent of its income is from international. It has no domestic income, according to Box Office Mojo. Huh. Really. So oh, maybe it's not out. Apparently, the release was only to the United Arab Emirates, and it made 150 grand. Wow! Wow! I wonder. So... I wonder if that. I wonder if that release, opening night, it only made ninety three thousand dollars. Dang! Yeah, it's got it's got a seventy nine percent critic score on Rotten Tomatoes. 64% audience scores. Not too bad on the reviews. Of course, how many people have actually reviewed it, I don't know. Right. Doesn't doesn't sound like a lot of people have actually seen this movie. I'm which... starting I'm starting to wonder if it didn't do anything in the box office, can I can I watch it on Amazon maybe? I, it says it's on Netflix. Oh, really? Okay. Yeah, that's what it says. Well, I don't have Netflix on this computer, so I'm going to have to open up the Netflix app on my phone. I'm I'm really obsessed on this now i'm sorry guys <laughs> like 
I'm hyper focused on this now. I want to watch something else by Stephen Amell that's not the Arrow, and just like how it's only an hour and forty minutes. So if you got an hour, you got less than you got two hours to go. Might might be worth it. Yeah, it's it it is on Netflix. It's an hour and a half in a city where superpowered people are ostracized. An earnest day laborer considers using his outlaws his outlawed abilities for money to save his sick mother. So it's like a heist, like a criminal movie, but they got superpowers. It sounds like it, it sounds like um, Blade Runner meets District Nineteen meets superhero heist, kind of. Yeah, like uh, IMDb says something along the lines of uh, Code Eight is a mix of Blade Runner for the music style and the image texture and color, and X Men for the scenario. Yeah, because there's a superhero registration process. Yeah. yeah, I mean, it's like a near future where we've got superhero genes, stuff like that, or the X gene, for lack of a better term. Yeah, so that in, looks interesting. In District 9, I only watched the movie once. I don't care that much to call it by its real name. <laughs> code, code 8, District 9, who cares? Well, I call it District 19. I'm probably thinking of Hunger Games because they got like 13 districts in there, which... Hunger Games wasn't actually that bad of a series. The books weren't that I've, great, but the movies were decent. I have never seen any of the Hunger Games movies. It's the, the I think the first the first one and the last one are the best. The two in the middle are kind of just okay. Maybe one day we'll explore that. Maybe we should. Maybe, Maybe we should do the, the Hunger Games series sometime. I would like to see them. I just never got around to it. That was that was that was an interesting watch. I think I was just bored one weekend. My next, my next board weekend watch is going to be the um, Unbreakable Trilogy with uh, Unbreakable Split and then Glass. Ooh. That's like a completely separate superhero trilogy, but it's got uh, James McAvoy and Samuel L. Jackson and Bruce Willis. Wow. So. Wow. So it's a wow. pretty good cast, yeah. Okay, well, I think we went through all our lists. Let's just recap them really quick to make sure that I got them right. Ben, you had Shazam, Reverse Flash, Deathstroke, The Joker, and Green Arrow as your top five. You got two thumbs up from me. Jake's was Superman, Dr. Manhattan, V from V for Vendetta, The Joker, and The Batman. Mine was Aquaman, Wonder Woman, V for V for Vendetta, Batman, and then the Joker. I still am not over Jake and me both having V as our number three. <laughs> that was crazy. Yeah, that's just still blowing my mind. It's it's creepy, it's unprecedented, but it's also and then, a testament to our our interests, I suppose. Yeah. And then he kept dropping the whole, oh, somebody might not have Batman in their list, blah, 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 blah. And then he puts Batman at number one, little troll. I had a lot of fun with this list. Trying, trying to tease us, trying to troll us. Uh, now I'm not going to trust anything you say next time. Now I'm just going to be like, yeah, see, right, Jake, whatever. Jake, it, is, yeah. it, is, it is you, my ex-girlfriend, and oatmeal raisin cookies that give me trust issues. <laughs> <laughs> Jake's gonna as soon as we're in this show Jake's gonna be like oh no I, I, I'm choking call an ambulance oh yeah right Jake whatever Jake you, you just funny guy hey, go to bed Jake we don't we're, we're done talking uh, gotta keep you on the edge of your seats oh man 
Speaking of edge of our seats, you sent us a tease for what you wanted this next segment to be about. And uh, it's I've kind of been on the edge of my seat ever since because I'm sitting here going, whoa, this looks interesting. And for any of you who have listened to the show before, you know what time it is. And uh, I'm actually really excited that Jake's leading this segment. It's usually Ben or myself that's that's going to talk about this stuff the most. But uh, Jake stumbled upon something really, really cool that uh, he's going to share with us this evening. So, ladies and gents, if you're listening live, get out your hashtags and put them in the chat on channel1138.com. And if you're not listening live, then make sure to use the hashtag on social media. Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, Pinterest, and anything else that might carry a hashtag. It's time for another round of Hashtag Barbecue Watch. Barbecue. 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 We got so much stuff we need to talk about, like Avatar The Last Airbender, Solar Opposites, The Hunger Games, The Unbreakable Trilogy. Uh, We've got, like, some, I think, some Spider-Man films on the horizon. Like, we got all kinds of stuff that we need to talk about. And unfortunately, none of it relates to barbecue, which is what our subject was supposed to be. (laughs) Yeah. Oh, is that what we're supposed to be talking about? Before I get sidetracked again, please tell us what you've got for tonight's barbecue watch well today i had i do instacart right now what instacart is is uh you download an app you sign up for it and you can just like take orders from people and basically do their grocery shopping for them and i really liked it so far it's been uh uh you know it's been enjoyable uh allows me to work flexible hours and things like that it's 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 pretty nice um and uh, I went to this one. We have a chain around the the central PA area here called Carnes, and um, this one Carnes in particular was uh, not your conventional run of the mill Carnes. It was kind of in a. It, it was more done up like a mom and pop grocery store sort of i'm not sure why this one was different than any other cards i've been to but this one just like the feel the look the the building it was in it was all just very uh mom and pop um grocery store more like and i kind of liked it it was a cool little change of pace so i go in there i'm doing some shopping and i look over and uh they have an entire shelf like this whole section just full of barbecue sauce and they have a shelf on here that I had never I uh, full of barbecue sauces that I had never seen before. And I think that means it's pretty recent. Um, but Heinz, we all know Heinz. Uh, they, you know, they're mostly known for their condiments like ketchup and mustard and relish and things like that. But um, they do barbecue sauce, too. They do a lot of different things. And apparently they just came out with this line of barbecue sauces that are all different they're all like regional barbecue sauces and i guess they're just based on uh you know ingredients and recipes from all over the country so i'm just gonna read i saw seven of them total i'm gonna read these 
out here and we can kind of just maybe talk about which ones sound the most appealing and i think it'd be interesting maybe if they're available if we like tried them at some point i don't know i think i'm i'm i am i might do it um but uh yeah so let's just start with uh georgia style uh that's the first one and they all have like a little uh description sort of in the in the bottom left of like what what the flavors kind of are so you can kind of get a sense beforehand but uh this one's called georgia style and it's described as sweet honey uh then there's hawaii style sweet and fruity there is texas style bold and spicy um there is carolina vinegar style sweet and tangy original sweet and thick which is how we like to describe Zach, apparently. Um, <laughs> Kansas City style, sweet and smoky. And Carolina mustard style, which is sweet mustard, basically. So out of these, what do you guys think is the most appealing? It's funny, I, just, just an observation here, the fact that the Georgia style, which I didn't really know Georgia had a style of barbecue sauce, but, you know, it's something new every day. Um <laughs> The fact that it's got, you know, the classic peach on it, because I think it's called the Peach State or something. There's a lot of peaches yeah. in Georgia. Um, and there's a peach on this label, but it's called Sweet Honey. Right, yeah. <laughs> You'd think it would be like peach-flavored barbecue sauce, which, you know, I'm not saying I, I'm game for, but like, It'd you know, hey, something different. Yeah. But Sweet Honey does sound really good. So that's probably the first one I'd like to try. And uh, you know the uh, Kansas City sweet and smoky, sweet and smoky. I think that's more up my alley. And Hawaii sweet and fruity. I hope that doesn't have pineapple in it for the sake of our good friend. Yeah, it probably does because yeah. uh, it, the pictures that you sent us, the the shelf that it comes on is directly under Sweet Baby Ray's, which we know do have pineapple thoughts or pineapple juice oh yeah yeesh so i'm thinking that one's gonna be off the table for me uh i would probably try kansas city style i like the idea of sweet and smoky have a little bit of sweet on the front and some aftertaste behind it i really have not had like carolina style before so i would try either of the carolina vinegars or the carolina mustard based um just to try some 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 different consistencies because obviously i've had texas obviously i've had kansas city i probably had something that tastes like original but i would i would go for something a little bit different but perhaps something that doesn't have the potential for pineapple sauce in it so I, or pineapple juice so the carolina mustard style is probably my best bet the the whole sweet and tangy of the carolina vinegar style the sweet and tangy sounds like they might have pineapple juice in that one as well. It really sucks that I have to make my decision based on whether I think it has pineapple juice <laughs> in it or not. Yeah. Uh, I may just have to have the, the Texas style and like just confirm or deny whether that's what Texas barbecue sauce tastes like in the first place, you know? Yeah. And and just try not to die. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's that's kind of an important thing. You know, I I really like this one. It says it's Wonder Woman flavored. <laughs> And it's got Gal Gadot and Chris. Oh, I'm oh, sorry. That's, that's, I was scrolled too far in the. In, that's, that's, yeah. I scrolled too far in the in the in the group chat. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, great gift though. I love that gift. Yeah. Uh, so as bad. far as I'm concerned, I think the one that 
was actually the most appealing to me was the Hawaii style one, the sweet and fruity, just because that just seems like an interesting uh, combination that I would be interested in trying. I just think that maybe like it would go good on some wings or something like Hawaii style wings. I don't know, something cool like that. And my backup would be probably the Georgia sweet honey um because i mean that just screams honey barbecue to me and i am a huge fan of honey barbecue so those would probably be the ones that i tried but yeah i'm actually thinking about going back to that carnes and picking up the hawaii just to see what it's like yeah you should have got a picture of the back of the bottles all of them yeah well now that i know that these things exist i'm gonna have to see if there's any place around here that's that's got distribution so that i can pick it up too yeah Yeah. also do you guys want me to completely ruin your childhood oh no yeah i've had it ruined many times before so this is no big deal for me uh okay well this is this is gonna totally ruin your childhood oh no i i don't even know how this popped up in my facebook feed but then i was like oh okay that's a thing apparently oh my gosh i don't think this is (laughs) Oh my gosh. What? Oh my gosh. Oh my gosh. <laughs> uh, <coughs> yeah, childhood out the window. Okay. Oh wow, we're 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 ending up here again. Oh boy. Uh, I have no words. I'm just I'm not choosing to say any words. <laughs> I, I I want to explain what this is, but nope, I don't know how. Not on not on the air. In fact, I removed it from the chat so that people looking over your shoulders oh. don't think something that they. <laughs> oh, there's nobody <laughs> looking over my shoulder. Oh, oh man. Well, since you guys are at a loss for words, I'll say a few of them as we as we close out the evening. Go find us on social media, as I mentioned before: Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at IPC Podcast. You can listen to previous episodes on Apple Podcasts, Google Podcasts, ipcpodcast.podbean.com, and starwarsunderworld.com. We have swag at tpublic.com slash user slash ipcpodcast. And we go live on channel1138.com every week. So hope you can join us there, although there's not really any super consistency as to when we go live. So it's best to just subscribe to us on whatever place you subscribe to a podcast from so that every time a brand new and finished episode is ready to go, you are ready to listen. Guys, where can the folks at home follow you on social media if they want to keep up with your stuff uh, outside of these little episodes that we have here? Uh, You can find me on Twitter at Jake Damon. Uh, You can find me on Instagram two places now, Jake W. Damon. And you can find me at Jexpatch, J-E-X-P-A-T-C-H, where I do all my art stuff. Um, And, uh, yeah, find me on there. Cool. Um, You can find me at Ben Hart with no E on the Facebook, the Twitter, and the Instagram. Um, I've actually been posting a little bit on at least one or two of those, but not much because, you know, just life gets in the way. But uh, you can also uh, check out everything I'm doing over at Star Wars Underworld and uh, Culture Slate. Got podcasts, we've got news, got all kinds of crazy stuff that uh, might be pleasant to your eyeballs. Well, I'm kind of on like a social media hiatus, if you will. 
Uh, it it happens. You take a little bit of a break sometimes, and I'm posting a little bit on Facebook to let relatives know that I haven't died or anything. And I, I post a few images about what video game I'm playing on my Twitter page or something like that, but usually not a whole lot of stuff. But I will be on the IPC pages. If you've got something you want to talk about over there, feel free. And if you want to... Uh, you can find me at Zach the Voice, Z A C H the Voice on Facebook and Twitter, and Zach dot the Voice on Instagram. Well, guys, we had a lot of great submissions, and we had some really fun times with our list as well. But I think it's about time we call it a night, isn't it? I think so. I think we listed them we all, got, and we got her done. done. Get her done. Who is that? Larry the Cable Guy. Get her done. Well, we did finally get her done and that's going to do it for this episode of the intergalactic peace coalition podcast episode 286 is now officially in the books for ben hart and jake damon i'm zach arnold thanks for tuning in we hope that you'll tune in again next week but until that time comes around we just want to leave you with this closing thought the popular belief isn't always the correct one but we believe we'll see you next week right here on IPC. And until then, good night, everyone.
Okay, never mind. Wow, that was cool. That, that was I, uncanny. I thought I had the app again for a second. <laughs> <laughs> I think that was Harry Potter. I'm not that sure. That almost sounded like Harry Potter. <laughs> is it Hedwig or is it Steven Schindler? I don't know. It's magic. Magic. Where's that, where's that gif of uh, what's his name going? Magic. Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. See, I'm really bad with names tonight. Magic. I always pronounce it Shia. Shia? Shia? <laughs> yeah. Shia LaBeouf? Shia LaBeouf. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Wow. <laughs> Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man. The guy's crazy enough. Don't don't start butchering his name like that. Okay. Anything else that might carry a hashtag, it's time for another round of hashtag barbecue watch. B -b barbecue. Jones barbecue foot massage. Jones barbecue foot massage. You better come down here, get some of this. You like to eat? America loves to eat. So why not open up somewhere America can sit down, enjoy a meal, and get your feet rubbed? <laughs> we'll fry anything you want for five ninety nine. As long as it's friable or edible, we're gonna make it delicious. We will fry parts of the chicken you didn't even know was friable. The beak, the feathers, we'll fry candy bars. All that European stuff that you don't really normally eat, we'll bring it down here and fry it for you. Ask McDonald's to fry something other than what they normally fry. Guess what you're gonna get? Nothing. If it fit through the dough, I'll put it in the fryer. Hell, this is a dinosaur. All our meats are gently tenderized to their optimum deliciousness. We got fine dinosaur meats. Took my money, paid me pay child support. Come on down here and get you a slice. <laughs> Once they get your social security number, it's over. Motivated, 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 motivated. So, friends, You're welcome. Thank you for that. What was that? I thought that was you playing as Zach, to be honest. You've never heard of Jones good ass barbecue and foot massage. What? You know <laughs> That rings a bell for some reason. Is that what? one of those like retin like commercials? Maybe not. I don't I I don't think so. I don't know. I don't know. I'm just gonna send it to you and you can you can judge it for yourself. Oh my gosh, I'm scared just by what I listened to. 